Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. Hey there, Seth. How you doing, baby? I'm tired. I think Chris Carota put us on the map. Is that what happened here? He did. That was, uh, we're almost, well, by the time people listen to this, we're probably at 3,000 listens. So thank you, new listeners. We hope you enjoyed the interview. And uh, Pumped up the other ones, too. People checking out the other episodes. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that was, that was a fun. That was exciting. And it was fun to go to um, Lakewood, and, uh, excuse me, Alpharetta up Verizon and see full shows where it was dark and you really got to see the full light show for two sets. Yes. I uh, went on Friday. You went to both. I went to both. And uh, I was- love the new material Friday. That first set, they didn't just play new material well. They played it passionately. I mean, I was, uh, as a grizzled old fish fan who sometimes gets tired of the old stuff, it was wonderful to play, see him play a set with so much new material played so well. So right on, right on, fish. Except for night two that you missed was the was, I heard was, it was smoking. smoking, man. And I heard some of it. Was smoking the uh, 46 days Sneaking Sally. Now, that's the best, best Sneaking Sally that I've heard uh, since 1230-97, hands down. I was being a webcast and sports hands dork. Down. There was a lot going on. A couple different, the Cubs... And the Cubs, hey, Chicago fans, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, the Cubs win the World Series. Right, but that that night, they won the National League Championship, which they they haven't been to the World Series in forever. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Right after, Humphreys delayed, they they were playing in uh, Philly. uh, That's Humphreys McGee you're talking about. Yes. Okay. And they're all, well, they're not all, but the half of them that are Cubs fans are voracious Cubs fans, and a bunch of their management and fans and everything, so it was really cool. So I had to, I, I... changed away from fish at that point and listened to Humphreys because uh, that was some triumphant music when their team is finally back in the World Series. Cubs, Indians, no matter what happens, somebody's going to win who hasn't won in a long time. That's but this is going to cool. come out after it. So. Yeah, so we'll talk about it later. Yes. <laughs> uh, so what are we going to talk about here, Rob? Well, we have the interview coming up here with uh, the great Tom Hamilton. And the- emphasis on the great. Well, the thing about Tom... There's several things about Tom. Let's uh, sit down, lie down on a couch, folks. To an interviewer, he is great because you know you don't really have to coerce him all that much. You just—it's kind of like uh, the the um, Andy from Great Peacock. You just kind of suggest to them, and they they take it off, and they don't bore you either. They're they're talking and being interesting. He's got a lot to say, and we have a lot to learn from him. Um, he's 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 a musician. He's an artist. He's Tom first came to uh, with Brothers of Past. That was his first band. That's first when most people f- found out about him back in the Wetlands days, right? Mm-hmm. And then American Babies is Tom, this and is he great. has played with. Uh, he did not play with Bustle and the Hedgerow, as I mistakenly remember. <laughs> Rob Strike Seventeen. But notice we don't take that out because we like to we like to flaunt our warts. Flaunting the words. That's going to be our first uh, album record. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll put it out. One of those goofy like morning talk show records. We'll call it Flaunting the Warts. I like an afternoon talk show, to be honest with you. Opie just went afternoons. I did not know that. Opie just went afternoons, but I won't bore you with that either. But Opie and Jim Norton have split up. Yeah. But I think Opie and Anthony are going to get back together. But we still have Howard, so. We do. We do. But what were we talking about, Seth? Uh, We were talking about Tom Hamilton. And uh, so we interviewed Tom with Tom at uh, this is another piece of our lock-in coverage. Yes, Mr. John Dindis, who I mistakenly identified as Glenn Dindis when we were there, and that's a Dylan head mistake, Seth. Oh, uh, is it? There's a guy named Glenn Dundas who does a book called Tangled Up in Tapes, which is like the dead base of Dylan. And, um, and it's also you on a Saturday morning. Yeah, but yeah, we had a lot going on. My eggs were scrambled just trying to keep up with all the. We were rapid-fire interviewing during the day and then rapid-fire music at night. 
The, Lockin uh, was fun. Thank you, Lockin. Thank you, Pete Shapiro. Thank you, John Dindis, who was the production manager who gave up his office so we could do office. this interview. And he's like, how long will the interview be? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe like 45 minutes. I didn't think we were going to have... We ended up... What, we were there for like an hour and a half? It was about a week. He, <laughs> poor guy. He's like, I got to get in my office. I'm like, Dindis, we'll be done. I promise. Just after this song. <laughs> you can hang with Tom for a long, long, long time. He's yeah. a good guy. As a matter of fact, I think... We'll talk to him again. I really do. And he's uh, he's out there with Billy and the Kids. He's out there with Joe Russo's Almost Dead. Uh, and he also... The American Babies Tour right now is going to be coming through a lot of areas. And they got a whole theme night going on on their Friday weekend shows, I think. Yeah, we but talk about it on the, in we'll the We'll talk about it. But so please... Uh, and in the outro, we'll, we'll mention all the dates and we'll talk about the tour. Yeah. So after the interview, stick around. We're going to Stick have- around. Also, I'm going to talk about my trip to Nashville to see Bob Weir at the Ryman. And you're going to get... Uh, my my little, um, you know how I uh, can be a cranky about people talking during shows? Shh. Well, I had one of these kind of curb your enthusiasm moments related to that. You'll love Someone it, Someone told you to shut I've up? Waited. See, this is what I, I've learned to do. First of all, it's easy to do because Seth and I really don't see each other that much anymore. But yeah, also, it's so weird. I've, I, I know. We do a podcast now, but we see less of each other. That is one of the weird things. Maybe we take each other for granted. Oh, my God. Uh, no, but I'm going to spring this on you, and I'm trying to do that more and more. Spring stuff to Well, you. it's the fall. Can you fall it on me? So here we go. <laughs> live from Lockin. Not live. Live on tape from Lockin. Yeah, the- forget this live on tape. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're proud to share with you the one, the only Tom Hamilton from Lockin 2016. Here we go. Coming to you. Not live. Not not live. Not not. He's not from live. Philadelphia, and he's not afraid to admit it. The wonderful guitar player, the axe man from Joe Russo's Almost Dead, from Brothers Past, from American Babies, and Billy and the Kids. Here he is, Seth. Tom I stopped listening to the Dead from probably 2000 to four years ago. I think, but the Fish thing—it was just more. It was, it was a combination of the funk thing. I just didn't give a fuck. I, it just—that was the, I saw that as like the beginning of them getting boring. Too bambi. It was just boring, you know. It, it was—they were, you know. I mean, they were trying to find a new thing and whatever, and that's cool. But it was just like. You're gonna go from fucking writing, you know, the fugue and Reba, to, you know, this shit. It's only gonna keep going, you know, in a in a direction that's just not what I was into, you know. And I was also fucking 18, you know. I was like, I learned, you know, doing my own thing. So I was just kind of like, whatever. I don't give a fuck, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, the last time I saw them was '99. Fish. So you're telling me. <laughs> Is that why when I was suggested times, you're like, oh, let me look at the schedule. Oh, Fish is playing at this time. Let's do it then. Well, I you mean, I just, you know. <laughs> would have been okay with me. It no, would not have been okay with you. What are you talking about? Dude, I mean, it has absolutely nothing. I mean, it's, it's not like, like fuck them or anything. Like, right? what, you know? I said to you, what are the two best times for you to do an interview? And you didn't say during the Fish set. You just said, uh, these two times would be good and they, I looked and it was during Fish I love Fish but I'm more excited to talk with Tom Hamilton than I am to see Fish you know play and the line 
That's what, and this is Inside Out with Turner and Seth. I represent the industry side. He represents the fan side. So you're and we the reverse end, roles occasionally. End? Who's the end? Who's, the, t- t- who's the top? Who's on top? Yeah. I've skittered on the fringes yeah. of the music world. Never really. I've done journalism. I've done promotion. I've done radio shows. But Seth's But like, you're from Boston? So. Yes. Sorry about that. No. I apologize in advance. Well, I apologize in advance on behalf of the show and the world because Rob Turner can say some outrageous things and definitely can scare a crowd. And yeah. with that, Tom Hamilton never says outrageous things. No, right? fuck that shit. <laughs> this oh, feel comfortable to say yeah. Feel comfortable oh, to speak we, oh, yeah. as much as you as freely as you'd like Is this because an okay thing? I did check the box for explicit content. Okay. Um, and Rob thought that meant that he could do these interviews topless. Yeah. <laughs> Our numbers really went down, which is weird because it's radio and not... Is it radio or is it internet? How do you describe this? Radio. Podcasting. I yeah, think, I guess. Internet I radio? Mean, I think podcasting is radio. It's a modern... We are yeah. on the cusp of you know a new way. You know what I find really fucking interesting is that if you listen to music through your phone, you know what I mean? Like the speaker on mm-hmm. your phone, it's basically what a radio sounded like in the fucking 30s. Huh. Even you in the 70s, we've gone radio. Completely fucking full circle. We're like back in time. Yeah, but I mean, it's you know. Well, but you're not supposed to listen through the speaker. You're supposed to plug it into your headphones. Plenty of people do that, though. You know what I mean? It's like no, just call the fucking Bluetooth, and and it still sounds not the greatest. But you know, all right, shall we? It's not very good. You know (laughs) know what I mean? Like I'm just saying, like it's weird that like it went from this thing of like trying to get the greatest, you know, cleanest sound ever to now it's just like oh fuck that shit, whatever. It'll go through. Well, that's this interesting point, and uh, and you say get started, but we already have started. Which, by the way, uh, you're welcome to swear all you want. We just said that. Yes, where you been, man? We are on Glenn Dindis's RV. Glenn, John, Glenn, John, Glenn, Glenn, keeping up with the tradition of Rob Turner. I'm gonna start calling you Rob Williams. I don't care (laughs) industry people's names. Yeah, we're sitting here with uh, lead guitarist of Brothers Past, Electron, American Babies, Billy and the Kids, and uh, who else am I forgetting? The band you were here with, Joe Russo's Almost Dead. Any others? Anything in the works? I mean, I wish. He is uh, not the bass player with Aerosmith. He is Tom Hamilton. Yes. We are both juniors. Yes. Tom Hamilton Jr. Right. And we have the same birthday. Whoa. Is that right? Same have you ever year? met him? No. But, but, he, but apparently he's gotten a lot of free stuff access-wise yeah, and birthday yeah, yeah. cards. I'm got wait- a free dinner at Denny's one year. I'm waiting to get that fucking royalty check or sweet emotion one of these days. You know? <laughs> or what about you ever seal a deal with it? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah? No, dude. I, <laughs> frankly, a chick that's that into Aerosmith, I'm not going to be that into. You oh, know that's I mean? not a very sweet emotion. Ooh, nice voice on that. Thank you. That so let's well. start. We're at Lockin. Hmm? Let's start with last night. You played with Joe Bruce was almost dead. We did. Long set. It was a long, and, but it wasn't as hot of a set. I mean, temperature-wise. Oh, God. Dude, I, mean, I, was, I was drenched. Were you? Yeah, it was Even? fucking humid. I, you know, I'm also moving around a bunch. Boy, it's so humid. Now, of course, improvisation is, is an element of that band. But what I want to ask about is to what extent you guys talk about where things are going to open up. For example, you did an oh, in- yeah. you did a long intro to Truckin'. You did a, 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 a wild Pink Floydy, early Pink Floydy jam before the Ladyfinger part of Steven. And you actually opened it up before the verse before that. Yeah. Now, do you guys just on the fly look at each other? Or do you say, hey, at this point in the song, we want to take it out there? No, we, we have never once spoken about an improvised section. Really? Ever. So any song can open up anytime, anywhere. Anywhere. Who's the point man, generally? Joe. Joe Russo, J. Rad. Hello, Rob. But that's interesting yeah. that the drummer has a point yes, man. Yes, absolutely. That's a, an interesting thing about the band. Is, you know, I mean, like, the, the dude is the drummer. 
you know, like the guy that's making the calls. He's also plays the part of two drummers on this band. Yes, yes. Yeah. Actually, when he when he had the further gig, I wanted I was trying to convince him to get a uh, Billy and Mickey tattooed across each fa- each yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Billy, you're in the band with the drummer of the Grateful Dead. Yep. Yet in that band, you're more the point man, are you not? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, because like Bill's like Bill's the drummer. You know, he's always been the drummer. He's never been like the band leader guy, and and he's used to the lead guitar being the point. Yeah, man. that's like that's like that, that's what that role is, I guess. You know, or I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it was like in Seven Walkers or any of his other things. Maybe it was a different, you know, musical director type of dude or something. You know, I don't, but yeah, you know, we just have a we have a good rapport, and and I've earned his trust, I think, and uh, yeah, he he he's just cool with it, you know, and and. Uh, yeah. Now in that band, do you talk about where you're gonna open stuff up, or is that also very much off the cuff? Ah, oh, we got a guitar. We um, do have a guitar. Is that an acoustic guitar making its way into the room? It is an Whoa, acoustic guitar like making that. its way into the room. Maybe they'll let me keep it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's right there. It's fine. We saw uh, Inside Out signed it out, so we have to sign it back in. Ah, oh, okay. I'm a huge Reed Mathis fan, and I love the way Billy and the kids attack the improvisation full throttle um, yeah. can, can you talk about that and does that keep you excited enlivened well you know yeah I mean it's it's the same general idea of just like let's just go and do do whatever happens you know like you know you buy the ticket take the ride type of thing you know it's it, it you know Bill's the same way he doesn't talk about any of this stuff it's really? just like let's go out you know this is a set, and even a set, he'll just be like, "All right, whatever." You know, like let's just let's All just go. Organic. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I did a the first time we played, we had Bob sit in with Billy and the kids. We were in rehearsal, and on the set list was "Helping Away" and "Slipknot," and uh, I don't know something else. But "Slipknot's a pretty tricky number." You know, it's a it's a thing, and. Uh, you know, we're we're in rehearsal. We ran through a couple tunes and whatever, and then you know we're looking at a set list, and it was like, hey, you know, Slipknot. Do you, you know, I mean, now at this point, none of us had ever played with Bob before, besides Bill, obviously. So you know, like we're, <laughs> you know, we're like running like just like vocal things, or whatever. And it gets to Slipknot, we're like, oh, you know, well, let's run that, obviously, because that's like the most difficult thing, you know. And Bob was just like, ah, let's not take all the fun out of it, you know. And I think that's just kind of like the general mentality of of those guys it's like you know why take the excitement of is this going to go to shit on stage you know like that's part of the fun is true but you mentioned we're let's talk about tempo Um, yeah where he seems i've never had that problem i've never run it i've never had a problem with his tempos but it's it's interesting though. Joe Russo's band, it, you know, it's more up tempo, yeah. and then with with Weird, Billy and the Kids is more the other extreme, and then Billy and the Kids is kind of in between on their own without Weird. Would you agree with that? No, I don't. I don't think with with Bob with Billy and the Kids the tempos are are anything particular. Um, and also, you know, I see. I think the the bad rap for Bob with the with the tempo shit is from Rat Dog. I you know anything that I've ever done with him, it's never even come up. And then I'd go back and I'd listen to some versions of whatever tunes from you know, even the 70s, you know, like the total coked out fucking time or whatever. And it's not as fast as you think it is. You know what I mean? Like, he's not playing shit slow. He's playing shit the same speed that they've pretty much always played stuff at, at one phase in their careers 
they played, you know, like Brown Eyed Women or something, you know, like, yeah, there was like the, you know, they got real quick in like the 80s when everything was kind of up. But you listen to versions of that from when it was written up until 75. It's not blazing. Oh, absolutely. Just, I didn't mean to assume boom, it's a bad thing. Because aren't some of the greatest yeah. moments, isn't the point of slow tempos, first of all, to have more of a canvas to paint, to paint well, on yeah. and to allow for the build? Yeah, and like, well, and just to so everybody isn't, you know, trying to run. It's like, look, let's just see what happens and, and, and feel things out. You know, I mean, like, I think it's just more so a taste thing, you know, and you, you, you kind of have to not... You can't argue with the guys that wrote the shit. You know, it's their tunes. You know, like, what we do at J-Rad's awesome and fun, but that's not the new norm. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Yeah, well... You know, like, those guys own that stuff. It's their music. They lived that thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they earned all of that, you know? And so it's, you know, I don't know. I think it's weird when people get to... uh, ESPN, you know, sports centery about and that's know, why he doesn't like Grateful Dead. Well, that is the fun of it too. Well, comparing I mean, and contrasting, it is, but it's also, I mean, well, you find people comparing and contrasting about you, your performances now, like in that oh, same vein. I mean, dude, people fucking hate me. Uh, I but I, I know a, a lot of you've been pretty that. warmly accepted compared to others who've come. Maybe along. I mean, Absolutely. I don't know, well, dude. I guarantee you, for every person that thinks what I'm doing is okay, there's 40 other people that are like, "Hey, he's a piece of shit." It doesn't matter. I don't care. Like, you know, it. That's just the way it is. But, like, this weird thing, man, like, I remember, like, during Fairly Well, right, when that whole thing got announced, and he had all these people talking all of this shit. You know, it's a money grab. It's, you know, these guys, it's insincere or whatever the fuck it is. It's fuck 50. you. <laughs> it's fuck happening. you. Who the fuck are these people? Right. You know what I mean? Like, dude, we are fans. I'm a fan. You know, as, as much as anybody else. That mm-hmm. we don't own this stuff, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these guys, they gave us everything. They sacrificed more for our joy than most people that have ever listened to their music. Well, they've sacrificed right. their personal lives, friendships, marriages. Fucking, they've had friends die because of this fucking job. Mostly keyboard players. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but well, and well, there, and then that one guy that played the guitar. Oh yeah, that you guy. know, yeah, I forgot about him. I mean, like these guys gave up fucking everything for this, mm-hmm. you know. Like, dude, this thing killed Garcia, as much as it made him. You yeah. know, that guy couldn't fucking leave his house. So you know, it's and there's also a kind of a quiet pressure on him to keep touring so they could get right. The overhead. It, this is the mm. you know, it's a thing, and you know, and for. Anybody, any fucking, you know, Monday morning quarterback asshole that wants to sit there and be like, you know, oh, this is why they're doing it, or they should do this, or should... Fuck you, man. They don't owe us anything. They legitimately owe us fucking nothing, because they have given us everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. So, so like, you're I'm, grateful for grateful. Yeah, man. I, I'm not a fan of, of the, you know, talking shit, you know? Well, it's like, dude, these guys... And especially seeing behind the curtain, you know, mm-hmm. like I've I've been in the rehearsal room with these dudes, with all of them. You know I mean, I've played with all four of those guys, and every one of those dudes still loves it. Well, that's that's it's never it's never been a not once has anyone ever been like, oh, we should do it like we used to do it at any point, or had never has anybody been like, hey, you should you know in the jam do this because Jerry would do that. Never fucking once. It's always about hey. What can we do new today? What is today's version of this shit? And that 
that takes more balls than anything anyone else here is doing. And it yeah. keeps it fresh for them, too. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I That's mean, why they tapped dude, into this this youthful uh, yeah. band. So I mean, I'm, that mayor thing? Are you fucking kidding me? The yeah. balls? You know, I've never <laughs> seen Bob's balls, but he must have fucking problems getting his pants on. Actually, a lot you of people haven't seen his balls. John you remember the small Mayer? shorts? Come on. That's the whole thing with well, Bobby yeah. back in the day. Yeah, you, didn't, you didn't do mid-80s dead yeah. tour, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, that took huge fucking balls. Yeah. And they did it, and it was good. You well, know? So this like, is, it's the Grateful Dead. I mean, this is, these guys are legendary, and they continue to do it. But listen, bef- before we get... I want to keep going on this, but there's, there is an elephant in the room. You're the elephant guy. (laughs) How can I forget? (laughs) Tommy, let's face it. You come from, you know, the brother's past. You come from electronic jam. You come from this world. and all. uh, Who the fuck would think Joe Russo and you would be in a Grateful Dead band, cover band, if you want to call it, cover band, whatever the fuck. Like, you play with the members of the Grateful Dead, but yet you come from the streets of Philly. What the fuck? Where did this happen? Of all cities, God. <laughs> but for real. Like, this I didn't is... throw fucking batteries at them. Who, who <laughs> thought this? Like, when I look and I, and I see you and Marco and Joe Russo doing Grateful Dead stuff and, and Brownie and Magner, like, I'm sorry, when, when we were promoting Brothers Pass back in Tallahassee in 98, Ugh. I would never have thought in a million years you'd be the guy performing Grateful Dead music with Grateful Dead members. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, this I mean, is that crazy. Was, it was never even an option. That wasn't like so, that wasn't like a career goal. It wasn't were like, you oh, listening I'm, to the Dead at the time, or is that something that came well, later? No, I mean, man, I just, that's, that's the funny thing. I actually, I had some guy that I you know apparently interviewed me in Baltimore in like 2004, I ran into him at some show last week, and he's like, "Hey, man, you know, you don't know me or whatever, but you know, we did this thing, at, uh, you know, at the record theater, and uh, you know, this was like the height of like BP and all that stuff." And and he's like, "You know, it's like uh, you probably don't remember this, but in the interview, I asked you like, what you know, what do you, what do you listen to? Like, what do you listen to growing up and all that stuff?" And he's like, "You know, your answer was you might be surprised to hear this, but I've been listening to Grateful Dead my entire life, and you know, I mean, yeah, dude, I, I've since I was four, like." That's like what I listened to was the Grateful Dead, nonstop. And as great as it is to be involved with the Dead and get to play with all those guys and stuff, the one potential negative is that um, you're quite an excellent songwriter yourself, and you actually have a record out with American Babies now. Yeah. Ep- epic battle between Dark and Light. Is uh-huh. that correct? Light and Dark. Same thing. Light and Dark. Sorry. That's fine. John, Joe, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Glenn, John. <laughs> Glenn, John. <there> <laughs> Jerry, <go. laughs> Bobby, whatever. Um, can you talk about that album and talk about um, it was inspired by uh, the unfortunate loss of Robin Williams, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, uh, that was certainly a thing. Um, you know, me and my uh, my writing partner, this guy Pete Tramo, he's a guy I grew up with, Philly Philly dude, and uh, we have a studio together in Philly, and, uh, you studio. know. So like, you apartment, like, we live together? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like a, an odd couple thing. <laughs> That's uh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, no, we have a recording studio. It's it's quite a, quite a fantastic uh, place, actually. Um, but we, uh, you know, so when we were when we were starting to, to make the record and stuff, you know, we we I saw this interview with Louis C.K. or it wasn't an interview. He uh, he was he was giving a eulogy at uh, George Carlin's memorial after right, Carlin right. died. Have you guys seen this? I, I did I have on YouTube, not. I believe. Uh, it's awesome. You should check it out. But paraphrasing, you know, he he's uh, he was saying he's like you know I, the. The first 10 years of my career as a comic, I spent 10 years working on 60 minutes of the worst stand-up comedy anyone's ever said in public. He's like, it was just dog shit. It was complete shit. And I worked on this thing for 10 years. He's like, and then, I, I, you know, at some point, he like, I, I think he like met Carlin or something or like heard an interview with Carlin. 
And he discovered that what Carlin does is he'll spend a year writing an hour, he'll do a, an HBO special, and then he'll never tell any one of those jokes ever again. And it fucking blew CK's mind. He's just like, I don't understand how you're gonna you're gonna spend a year writing gold, fucking comedic gold, and then throw it out. And it was, you know, it's it, that's the job is to is to be better the every job. time. And he turned into you know, one of the most prolific comedians ever. I if think you ask any comedian, he's one of the most important people in entertainment. I think, and 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 absolutely. Um, but you know, so he you know, and he's like you know, so how, how that works is. You do, you know, and you can compare the same thing of stand-up specials with albums, right? Same fucking thing. So you write your first album, and it's like it's going to be about chicks, you know, or fucking whatever. It's always about girlfriends, you know, yeah, especially at the beginning, you know. And then later in your career, it's about ex-wives, possibly, and debt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, you 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 do that thing, and then it's like. You know, if you're trying to constantly push yourself, push your audience, and push your art, you know, it's like, okay, well, I did that. I can't do that again. I can't make another record about that shit. So now, now, what do you write about? You got to dig a little deeper, and then it's like, okay, well, I can write about, you know, fucking politics or whatever, you know, and then, okay, well, now that's gone, off the table. Now you have to go deeper, and then you start getting into the shit like the real shit deep down that no one wants to fucking talk about and no one wants to acknowledge in public and and nobody especially wants to admit that it's a part of them and when you start getting that deep you get into things like depression and you get into things like suicide and get into things where it's not easy to talk about right yeah, but it's important though because I feel like there's a well, lot of people listening yeah, that maybe in a space that they don't, they don't actually, you know, they look up on stage and all they see is sunshine and daydream. Yeah, right. but they don't realize that the, the, the that ain't darkness the fucking case, man. You know, it's it. not, it's not Sometimes. always like that, and it's you know, and it could all, you know, whatever it can do. You, know. you look, you look at, you know, the thing about when, like, with Robin Williams passing. Yeah. The thing you, you sat back, and I mean, I I posted this on my Facebook. I saw a lot of other people post the same thing, and it hit us that. Holy shit! The people that stand in front of you—you you don't, you might not realize—are yeah. seriously hurting. And yeah. I mean, like one of the funniest people. In the one that brings ever. smiles to everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, and this guy had some dark shit going on, you know. And do you think he, that helps the creative process almost to be inspired by sometimes very dark things? I think, especially comedy. I think comedy, most comedians yeah. are Music, pretty though? fucking fucked up people, you know? Um, pain brings comedy. Pain brings uh, some of the I best mean, it's, lyrics it's out art, there. It's man. I mean, you know, it's, there's two masks. Yeah. You know? There's a reason they, they have those, you know? There's one smiling and one frowning, and, you know, it's, it's just, it's the universe, man. Everything has an equal and opposite reaction. You can't have one without the other, you know? It's, it's like, like having a conversation with Picasso, huh? So and talking to my good side, <laughs> we actually we had a uh, an artist on called Great Peacock, and they they we talked about ghosts. You would really like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would really like Great Peacock. Okay, I'll check them out. And they Send actually talk thing. about ghosting, which is what happened to you. But in advance, did your depression manifest itself before that? I mean, dude, I've been dealing with it my whole life, man. It's yeah, it's something that it's been a struggle forever, and you know, I've been fortunate enough to have figured some shit out and, you know, figured out how to live with it and how to not let it completely derail my life. Like, for example, sometimes the worst things can be blessings in disguise. Like, is there a chance that her 
that you could have ended up in something awful with her and that maybe it was for oh, the best? Oh, that woman, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, that was absolutely, uh, it worked out much, you know, my life is better now than it was then, you know? I mean, like, and that's, that's that thing, you know, perspective and shit like that is, you know, it, they're the things that are hard to keep in mind sometimes but they always say the grass is greener on the other side but the drapes don't always match the curtains the cur- yeah this is this is very true um <laughs> did you ever hear from her again Have nope you, and you don't even know where she went no, or anything? no that is bizarre it happens apparently you know but yeah so so back to the record thing you know yeah so what you know it was the the you know pete and i would talk about life and talk about stuff and just trying to dig deeper and see what 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 what's in there you know mm-hmm. that we have in ourselves that, that that we can you know that makes up who we are and what we want to talk about and then the thing with Robin Williams not happening and you know and you know yeah it's it was just it was time to talk about that in a way and and that's just that's just the way 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 it worked out you know? which song are you most proud of on that album oh fuck man I, that's like picking your favorite kid you know uh, I don't know the first song Synth Driver I really love and there's a ballad on there called Bring It In Close which is really uh, really awesome I, you know for me you know it's like awesome for me to, to hear that you know it's like alright cool now you listen to more music that surrounds the styles that you're playing so as you're playing the Grateful Dead you listen to more jam bands in Grateful Dead or no. when you're doing the Americana thing I don't to more really Americana. listen to a lot of music anymore man really honestly you know a lot of I'm, I'm way more inspired by comedy uh, I'm, podcasts you know I do listen to podcasts but uh, but like my like the inspiration really does, it comes from, from from comedy from a lot like uh, you know like the long form storytelling that's like real popular mm-hmm. now I mean you know the first season of True Detective or uh, you know, The Wire, Sopranos, any of these these HBO things that, you know, I think in a hundred years people are going to look back at this time and that shit is going to be our Shakespeare. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be the art that, you know, that, that There's more impressive stuff down. coming out of that than Hollywood in general lately. Yeah, I think, I think it's really smart art. It's art. Like, there's no, there, you know, there's no two ways about it. There's mm-hmm. no pandering. It's... Well, I mean, with the good things, you know, like like the like I said, you know, the first season of True Detective, um, you know, Sopranos, The Wire, like there, it's ju- it's artistic statement, it's a vision, and it's really fucking deep, and that's the stuff that really is getting me, you know, I, I really that that's what inspires my music more than anything. Going back to the you know the the depth that you guys went, really looking at the deep part and putting the going deeper and deeper and taking that into your songwriting etc where do you go after that I mean once you go deep I mean can you just stay going deep or do you pop back out and go real light I mean and how's that all that's I mean that's where I'm at right now you know I mean it, it took a lot out of me making that record uh, you know I haven't even picked up an instrument in like a not at work phase you know like I haven't been to my studio mm-hmm. in like a writing capacity since I finished the record, so you know, like I have nothing. And with I that, ha- way, I have then. nothing. Like I'm completely empty. But you talk about yeah. recording being a solitude experience, right? Yeah. Are you a- ever tempted to just, when you're at this moment of no inspiration, to just go off somewhere real remote, alone, and just, you know, see what hits you, see where you get with yourself, no. and then maybe let the next step present well, itself? Inspiration. No, I like the, yeah. No, no. I mean, I you know, I that for me is being on the road, being on tour, seeing seeing people seeing how people are 
how people's lives are today. You well, know, that, you split the you hit that. Though. I mean, like you and I go back to ninety what six ninety seven, and it's just neat to you know yeah we're aging ourselves, but I mean this is what I'm talking about from before to see you Tommy Hamilton and Joe Russo and all these guys that come from the wetlands and come from this era of jam band, yeah. right? When <laughs> jam bands were like the shit, yeah. which is starting to come up again, but you know. Like, it's just so good to see you guys actually making, you know, still around and being a true career musician. You know, and that's just, that's, because how many people do you think back? Foxtrot, Zulu, and oh, you know, Lake oh Trout, and Ulu, and all these bands Ulu from that time. Like, Schleho, the Schleho, Schleho, yeah, you Schleho go. Schleho was so amazing. We, we lost a lot of them to just having to say, sorry, guys, we can't be in this music business because we can't, we can't make a living. Whereas others have been able to find through, be it uh, publishing rights, through studio work, you know, doing things. And it's just, it's an incredible thing. So being on the road, uh, the festivals, for me, I get to see it catch up with all, uh, a lot of folks and to see people like yourself that are have really been able to stick around and continue to grow it's amazing yeah well you know to that thing and with all due respect to all those other bands that we that we just mentioned but you know I mean there was also like you know there was an explosion of that scene it became you know it, it just kind of like popped and all of a sudden there were a lot of bands but they were all Similar. copying the yep. same shit. Trayface. Whereas, like, Brothers Past had the indie <laughs> rock, you. songwriter-oriented. And well, but, but Brothers Past, though, was copying the Disco Biscuits, some would say, no, right? Not really. I think, no, I'm, I'm, well, not, I'm I just know, trying, I'm I'm saying I'm that sure as, people, like, online you know, message boards. Yeah, maybe, door. for sure. But, I mean, like, the reason that we became friends with the Disco Biscuits is because we met and we're like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they were like, hey, what are you guys doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, we were just doing the same shit. And it yeah. was like, oh. It, inventing, uh, not inventing, but really pushing forth well, that. I mean, that yeah, Jamtronica, Sector 9, thing, Disco you know? Biscuits. Just, just, you know, yeah. to see those guys still and, pushing that out. It's amazing. You know, I mean, I was fortunate. You know, I started doing this shit when I was, I started playing out when I was 12. Good, yeah. This is there where we go. wanted to go with this. So, but, but, but before that, when did you first pick up a guitar? Uh, I was probably like 9 or 10. You know, I started playing drums when I was 5. And picked up the guitar probably around nine or ten. And what motivated you to it? My older brother. Uh, my dad. My, both my parents were musicians. My mom was uh, more of like a uh, academic. You know, I mean, she played. You know, she was taught piano and cello and shit like that when she was a kid. Uh, my dad was more of the rock dude. You know, he played drums and guitar and bass and all that stuff. And uh, he started my my brother on drums pretty young. And then so there was a drum kit in the house. My brother's four and a half years older than me. Uh, so. You know, by the time I was old enough to be able to hold sticks and do the thing, I just wanted to do whatever he was doing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I started doing the drum thing around then, and then he switched the guitar, and then I switched the guitar because he did. Uh, you know, and then you know, and then yeah, then we started playing. You know, um, you were twelve when you started playing. Yeah, out. yeah. You know, and but it was I, I, the the thing was it was just you know my dad had a band when I was a kid. Um, what was the name? The Homegrown White Boy Blues Band. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was just like a classic rock type thing, you know, like, you know, they would do shit like, you know. Homegrown White Band? Homegrown White Boy, white boy band. Blues Band. It sounds like a band that would play a race, a 3K race. Yeah, that's so fucked up. <laughs> no, but they, I mean, dude, they were just like, you know, they were all just like solid dudes that loved music and, you know, like, really, they loved the blues. They were like, you know, way, my dad was got me like way into like Buddy Guy and, um, you know, Freddie King, BB King, all that shit. You know, I mean, it was, it was, 
it was a thing in the house for sure, you know. Um, but so when my brother carry. started playing drums, he needed people to play with because, you know, nobody his age was as good as him because he started so fucking young. So my dad put together a band <laughs> for him to play with. It, we, you know, it was my dad and his buddies. and Jim, my, doing the bar and, mitzvahs and, and, and weddings. Was, you could hire yeah. them for weekend yeah. plans, anything you want. No, Come to Philly, uh, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, they're just playing like you know shitty, shitty clubs in Philly. You know, like just seedy, dirty, fucking shit. Isn't that redundant? That's, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> ah, fuck you guys. <laughs> um, but so that was always going on. You know, there were always band practices in my house, and and that whole thing was happening. And then you know, uh, eventually, my brother stopped playing with my dad and start and formed his own band. And then you know, and then I started playing with him. Uh, and so it was just. It was just what you did. Yeah. I, I never equated it. Well, you with grew money. into it. This was this is what this was a lifestyle. You grew into it. Right. It was a lifestyle. It was never a job. It was never about money. It was not about the end game. It mm-hmm. wasn't about oh well, I can do this so then I can make a living and mm-hmm. have a fucking nice car or some shit. And probably or also fun. very therapeutic you know. as a child to be able to perform and have that release. Yeah, it was it was a thing, man. It was you know it was always improvi- uh, improvising. Like you know, I mean, we all every it was every incarnation of music I ever played. It was always based around improvising. You know, doing the dead thing, the Almond Brothers, and all Did that you shit. You lose your influence, like for example, a lot of kids when they get influenced by you know they're three, four, five. So I have a kid now, and I ask I ask people like, so when did when did they change? So like right now, like Daryl's really excited to see fish. Can't wait to see cactus play. You know, he, because he's influenced by our influences, right? Yeah. But well, what point does he break and all of a sudden come home and start like listening to Bubblegum Jum Jum? I did. I mean, I didn't do that, but I you know I started <laughs> listening to Ozzy and you know fucking Van Halen, like getting into like the real shredder shit. Uh huh. You know, um, which was I, you know probably just a byproduct of the time. You know, I mean, this is late eighties, early nineties. Um, Randy Rhodes. You know, yeah, man, huge. I used to know every fucking note that guy ever played. You know, I mean, I, I you know, the first two Ozzy records, the first, you know, three fucking Van Halen records. You know, I mean, that type of stuff. And, you know, like Sabbath and all that shit. And it was a mild rebellion, I guess, against, like, whatever. But, you know, but my folks were still cool. I mean, like, you know, they yeah, were like, yeah, okay, cool, I get it. You know, I mean, they were listening to, you know, my dad was, like, heavily into the dead, but, like, also, in, you know, really into the blues and really into, like, Willie Nelson and, and, and Merle Haggard, shit like that. You know, my mom was like the Beatles chick and and Clapton stuff like that you know so it was it was just always there and it was never it was just never about money man it was never about money and I think to what Seth was saying about you know how some of these other bands couldn't manage to whatever I mean dude I didn't manage to do shit I was eating fucking ramen noodles up until two years ago you know what I mean like I'm 37 years old top ramen top ramen ramen. but but, you know but it it didn't matter Mm -hmm. because that wasn't what it was about and it's still not what it's about I still don't like it still blows my mind to think that I get paid anything to do this shit you know like and that's the difference I think between those bands that didn't make it and I haven't made fucking anything I play in a Grateful Dead band and my own band that does Mildly okay. Has like that, that, I haven't that made anything. Playing that, with a Grateful Dead band, yeah. you know, um, has that? Are you seeing when you go out with American Babies? Are you seeing new fans there that are turned on to you because absolutely, they, you know, yeah. because of that? Oh yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's it, it's helped you know a lot. You know, I mean, but if you know, I'm just saying, it's not about making. Like, mm-hmm. there's no like line where it's like, oh, I made it. It doesn't fucking matter. To well, me. if you have a Jewish mother, then there's well, a very. <laughs> I mean, hey, mm-hmm. I got an Italian one. It's bad enough. Okay, you know? so d- are you yeah. doing okay? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I, okay. Dude, Italians and Jews, we're the same people, just 
we have better well, food. Yeah, well, I yeah, thought you Jews were Italian wannabes. <laughs> so, anyways, does the um, Brothers we're Pass? We're anti-pastas. It came out of Brothers Pass came out of high school, right? The seeds go back to high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, so in continuing the cycle, you know, my my brother left my dad's band and started his own thing. I left my brother's band, did my own thing, um, and then. Yeah, oh yeah, I just kind of I met some dudes, started playing some music. We sucked. Um, <laughs> is that the band's name? You know, basically. No, we you know, the they funny thing is we sucked to we blew. Yeah, <laughs> she went from suck to blow. <laughs> um, yeah, but and then uh, it just my brother was in that band, was in Brothers Pass in the in the early stages, and then you know we just kind of had to find people that were more into doing. You know, so the, they went right down to the temple and found a good drummer. Exactly. His dad is a rabbi. That's sad. Rick. Um, but talk about moving from there to the first, because the, the first Brothers Pass album, I don't know if it gets a credit, is, a, a, I mean, it great, defeats a lot of the knocks on jam bands. It's great songwriting, yeah. it's really good singing, and, and it's it's all about the songs. And I don't know, do, do people still know about it? I don't it, think or? anybody, I don't think anybody really cares about, about well, in your, shit, if you, you know? If you see a bump in your, um, in your uh, what do you call it, money from, yeah, the, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Royalties. We, royalties, thank you. We, we did I'll listen to the, uh, yeah, it was us. We it, listened to you guys yes. over and over and over. I had forgotten how good that record was. <laughs> really, I mean, though, that last record, the concept album, if you will, that was a fantastic fucking record. I, you know, Still uh, is. It's great. The thing, and this goes, you know, bringing a full circle to the dead shit, is that I said it, I'm sure you could find interviews where, uh, you know, from then when I was doing the press for those records. Dude, the thing is, I I didn't get, like, I, I, I never really gave that much of a shit about Fish. Not because, not like, not in like a disrespectful way, but like, you know I mean, like, the Grateful Dead is like, that's a part of my DNA, you know? Like, you know, literally, I mean, since I was a kid, four years old, that's like, no, yeah. it's just ingrained yeah, in there, you know? So... Like, when this whole scene fucking popped up, and I look around and I see all these bands that they're not... It's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, and just, to, you know, the, it gets to be worse quality every fucking time. And, they and you know, people forgot what started this scene, and that was the songs. The songs. The there you go. The songs. There you go. The dead were the dead because of the songs. You know what I mean? Like... That is one. That is the American songbook. Yeah. That shit will last for hundreds of fucking years. Yeah. That's what it's about. So you know when BP was making records and the records I make now with the American Babies, it's all the same, the same uh, goal, which is to make sure that. You're start. You have a foundation that you're starting from the right place. It's not about hey, I'm gonna write just some stupid fucking song so I have a vehicle to jam off of. I'm gonna write something that means something yep. and something that on its own means can somebody can grab it and and hold on to it and get get them through whatever it is in life. Mm-hmm. And then when you get on stage. You could fucking tear somebody's head off with a 20-minute version of it, you know, or but, whatever. But you know? when you're doing this now, you have two different audiences, I mean, that you're playing. Well, not just now, not just two audiences, but really, when you look at Brothers Past versus American Babies, Brothers Past, people are people are rocking out, etc., but you do have lyrics. You do have these great words, but yeah. you're also in a scene that's pretty loud, jabber-jibber-jabber talking and yeah. while you're playing, whereas with American Babies, are you finding that people are really just shutting up and listening? No. No, it's still a jam band audience you know I mean, people are still well you know i mean like that's just the way it is i mean it's the same shit with, with with 
J-Rat or when I play with the dead guy. I mean, you know, there's all, you know, it, there's people, there's half the people out of there because they want that experience, mm-hmm. that thing of like, I got high and, and saw this thing and it was, you know, I mean, that's the experience we've all had, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's also the people that are there because they want to hear, you know, oh, they played fucking Warfrat, man. I love that fucking song. You know, I mean, like they're not there. Because, so some people you know, are there to see, and some people are there. see the Kia C. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm sure you're proud of your work with Brothers Past, but you also, yeah. when I researched this, it seems like there was some frustrations. First of all, when you started American Babies, they wanted you to really deviate from that. Also, you seem to feel like at times it wasn't the priority in a lot of your other players' lives. Well, I mean, it came out of water. Uh, it was um, more so of a. You know, the first American Babies record, I wrote half of that record for Brothers Past. The idea was to follow up this feelings called Goodbye, which was very well received and very electronic, and was, you know, I I saw the writing on the wall that there was just going to be a bunch of fucking bands doing that thing. And I was like, all right, well, you know, we got, I... If everyone, say goodbye. Yeah, if, <laughs> if everyone's doing it, I'm not. You know, fuck that. Uh, I'm going to move on and you know and try to stay ahead of the curve here. So the uh, my idea was to do uh, to do a Zeppelin three basically, where half of the record is the most punishing. Just I mean, just a fucking punch to the face every three seconds of crippling heavy electronic music, and then the other half of it completely acoustic. You know. Zeppelin 3 it's got a fucking immigrant song on it right. and then it has you know fucking tangerine right. you know so that was the idea the idea of it was to do something like that you know I mean because at the time we had some pretty gnarly electronic tunes that could have been really cool in, in you know in the studio as far as like just like get some fucking dirty production in there you know and then I was like alright well on the flip side I'm gonna write a bunch of more Americana things uh, acoustic things and uh like the first single from the first Babies record, "Swimming at Night," BP played before American Babies was even a band, you know. Um, but it just, you know, there was just pushback, man. You know, those guys, it, it, it got to be interpersonally, things just weren't jiving, um, and you know that idea. I mean, I've always had this mentality of like always pushing yourself and trying to be better and different from the last thing. You know, if you listen to the first Brothers Pass record and you listen to the last American Babies record and everything in between it's an no evolution one, yeah no one mm-hmm. will ever say that any of that shit sounds like any of any of itself you know right. like there's there's no repeats kind of that's the goal you know and with the BP thing like you know with the the mild success we were having with this feelings called goodbye that you know, they just wanted to kind of keep sucking on that teat and uh, I I just fucking didn't care you know it's like that's that's not cool you know something happens and it's cool that's awesome but if you stay in it you stagnate yeah well you try to do it again and be like look that was cool it's like no now it's just fucking played out you know so Mm -hmm. you know it just got to be that thing where you know I wanted to just keep moving and and you know between you know some mild ego things and and laziness frankly you know, uh, it it just wasn't fun anymore. You know, and I was like, all right. And then our yeah, our drummer left to go to law school, and that was, you know, that was kind of it. We're like, well, what, what's the fucking point? And then you know, Rick came back in I guess 2009 or something or 2010, and 
and we played for another year or so, and it was just shit. It was dog shit. You know, like it was. We were doing it because because pe- people needed money. You know, it was like, hey, you know, we could we could all make you know a couple grand if we go out and do this thing. And you know, we didn't rehearse. We weren't like doing the things that you're supposed to do to be a band. You know, and that's not rehearsing though. Some people said it's the best work yet. Yeah. <laughs> There are some bands that don't rehearse that, that uh, I think Chris Robinson's Brotherhood, I think they just went out on the road and made that their rehearsal. I mean... More power to you, but yeah, I, I for prefer sure. bands that rehearse. Although but the also, Brotherhood has an organic sound. Yeah, I mean, you know, also what those guys do isn't like... It's a different type of improvising, sure. I guess, in a way. You know, like theirs is more like blues-based and riff-based and... You know, it's kind of like, hey, I'm going to solo for a bit, and then, like, I'll pass it over to the other guy, and he'll solo for a bit, and, you know, like, that type of thing, which is awesome on it, you know, it's a thing, you know, but that's not what BP was about. That's, you know, we were, you know, when we went to improvise, it was like, all right, we're starting from nothing. Everybody come up with, you know, like... The thing is, and I and I try to implement this with the American Babies, even today. It's you know my what my favorite type of improvising is. We're trying to write a song right now, and a good one. That's that's the that's the jam. Is I you know I want to write a fucking Radiohead tune on the spot. How do we do that? Have you, know? you lifted uh, sections of improv in your in your career and turned them into songs? No, no. Surprisingly, no. That would How about conversations? Help. Have you taken a, had a conver- Well, you did that. You already said that you had conversations with Pete. Yeah, and that's how you created some of your. Yeah. Oh, your songs, yeah. So. A lot. I mean, for sure. That you know, that's. I'm way more like in my head. You know, when it when it like when, you know, when it comes to making records and writing tunes, like the st- I, this I try to stay as far away from the stage as possible. You know, like it's not about. You know, because I it's a different mindset, man. Being in that thing of like improvising. And, you know, it has to be compelling, you know, especially at the beginning of, of, of a jam, you know, when you're starting from nothing, you you, you got to make a split second decision, you know, and, and do something that means something. And that's why I think, you know, like J-Rad is, is really good at that because we're all dudes that are super aware of, of how to do that. You know, yeah. it's like, like in hockey, you know, like, like a great hockey player, they say, you know, the game slows down. You know, it's not. You're talking about the Bruins. Well, in 2010, Seth, please, 11. Don't make me come over there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you mean like a guy like Gretzky? You know what I mean like the, the 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 game was just slower for sure, him. Right. You know? Oh yeah. He saw Lemieux. Yeah, yeah man. Hockey, basketball. I always go to yeah. basketball for those analogies. Or, because to me, yeah. basketball is uh, if I mean, you're if you love music and you love in, in, improvisation, there's basketball is that. And when you see the get, best, well, see here's the and you see the best, they're just super slow. They're just like that, you know, like. And the muscle memory is just like he, they, they get to that spot and it's just boom, boom. And some people say, "Oh, this is boring. It's repetitive." It's like, no, this guy is in the zone. Like this is jamming right now. Look how they're jamming. Look at they're improving, but they're they, See, I, this- I look more. I, that's funny. I, I look at hockey more that way because I feel hockey is a more of a of, of a team sport than basketball is. Than any sport. Well, you're you're absolutely right about that because with basketball, it tends to be the one or two players, whereas hockey, it is more. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Us, you know, you had Gretzky. You know, Gretzky only won three cups. Four. Did the Oilers win five? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, fuck. No, he won. He he was on all four teams. No. 
He got traded to the Kings, and the, then the Oilers That's right, won they again. Won, no, I think they won five. I think that he won four. So he won four. Just sports anyway, traded. Rob so, Turner. Um, Rob Turner is no, sports you know, traded. Like, I mean, dude, the Philadelphia 76ers, not, you know, the year 2000, you had Allen Iverson playing with us. Like, he had nobody on you're that right, fucking right. team. And right. that fucking dude put the team on his back and took him to the fucking finals. Well, right. that, but, but go you back know. to recently to uh, the Miami Heat with... with um, yeah, yeah, LeBron. LeBron, and Wade exactly. And there was, there was a little bit more. Wade was really... He was a superstar, and they always leaned on him. But I felt like there was a little bit more of that. But... Well, but that was a team of superstars. But that, okay, that was J-Rad, okay, basically. Yeah, you know that's, I mean? like, that's it. A, there's that a good was an analogy. all-star team. Yeah. Like, that, you know, that's, like uh, dude, the whole thing with KD going to fucking Golden State, I think, is bullshit, man. Yeah. It's like, dude, you guys could, you can beat Golden State next year. You're, you know, it's like, you know, the Thunder are a good I fucking know. team. That was disappointing. Just uh, stick but now, hold on a second. I will, I will say, though, that I gave you a bad analogy. The team I'm thinking of is fucking baseball and the most recent uh World Cup, World Cup. One of my guys. World Series. World Series. Oh yeah. my God. We're to edit that. I was not fucking. No, um, no, man. The Kansas City. Yeah. Like that was Small a team. team. Yes. That's awesome. That was a team. Absolutely. And and, and, the, and you know the superstar Phillies, team. The, yeah. the the Sox. You got to give them credit when they when they came yeah. through that. That but that was some of the. But both those situations were, uh, I was glued to the glued to watching, and I don't watch sports. But I was glued because it was. It's compelling. As good. It was. It was. It was fucking box. It's a you know? team. And that's yeah. when it's exciting, you know. And that's why, like that, and that goes like with what I was saying, like about the improvising that I, that I, you know, try like that I try to implement with BP and and that I'm, I do now with with the babies. You know, it's that it doesn't matter, like as far as like the superstar thing. You know, it's like look, there's five people on stage, so there are some people in the world that know who I am. That doesn't matter. Everybody has their role. Right. Like on Dwayne stage. Wade had to assume a new role. Kevin right, Love exactly. with the Cavaliers you know, had to assume when, a new role. Exactly. So, you know, when I'm on stage with the babies, it doesn't. it's not the Tom Hamilton show at all. It's, you know, it's all five of us. And what are we creating together as a team? Although in the studio. That's a different thing, for sure. Or at the Absolutely. end of this show. We, we have a guitar here, so maybe we can get a little of that. Yeah, a little that bit also, for, for sure. But anyway, but uh, the, bringing it full circle back to the thing, which was... You know, with J-Rad, it's, you know, we all are dudes. You know, we've all been the the Iverson of a team. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, we, we, it, it, it's just how it is, you know? I mean, Joe was with Fat Mama. He was the guy in Fat Mama, you know? I mean, Talk about jam bands the, from the old school. Well, I mean, but it's the truth, you know? Scott yeah. was the guy in Rana. Rana, Rana you know, was a great man. That's it. And, you know, Can I also say, as a, as a freakazoid, long-time Died in the world, dork Bob Weir fan. Uh, I yeah. normally do not like people singing songs that I am familiar with Weir singing, and Metzger does them. I know very well. It's funny, man. We were when we were in our first rehearsals uh, for the J Rad thing, like the first, you know, before the first show ever, and we're you know we were in rehearsal and we're like trying to figure out how does this thing work, you know, like. With the two guitars, you know, and the singing, and who's who's doing what, you know, and Scott, we did. I can't remember, you know, I can't remember what it was, but it was a tune where it, I think it was a Garcia tune, and Scott was singing it, and it just clicked. And I was like, dude, Joe, have Scott sing more, uh, you know, have him do this this Bob tune, and he did it. And I was just like, that's it, you know, like 
dude, he fucking sounds just like Bob. Like, you know, he, he has the thing, you know? I, know. I mean, I don't sound like Jerry or Bob. I don't sound like either of them. I just got stuck doing oh, the he, other thing. But he know? had but, that in Rana, too. I mean, they would cover that Prince song, and Prince is tough to cover. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the song, but he, he would. Oh, I, don't know. I never really, I didn't really know. I don't know much about Rana. Uh, Rana's but not only is it in the vocals, what I've noticed is you guys take Jerry guitar playing and you split it up. So I'm listening to the Jerry, but it's not just you playing, you know? It's not, you guys are splitting the Jerry guitar sound between the two of you. It's kind of interesting, like, when you look yeah. at it from, the, from well, that. Well, I mean, you know, there's no, there's no Jerry, you know? And, like, that's, that's, you know, like, there's, like, the, you look at, like, the bands, like, that are doing The Grateful Dead, like Dark Star or something, you know I mean? That's, it's method acting, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's be fucking De Niro up there, so, it, you know. Well done, method acting. Yeah. Sure. That's why I said De Niro. Yeah, sure. abso- absolutely. <laughs> well, the early De Niro. But it's also not, I mean, you know, it's you're, it's not new, it's not, you I mean. It, I don't think they're well, going that, that, right. that's bringing, their goal. Like, that's the goal of J-Rad, is to bring new life to it, and you guys are successfully doing that, there's no doubt about that. I, the thing with J-Rad is that there was no goal. It's just, these are the tunes the tunes are nothing more than a than a a, a, a guideline. It's much different this seeing J Rad. This is the skeleton. Yeah. But are you reaching out to a younger audience with the faster tempos and the real in your face kind of approach? Again, if that's who's showing up, cool. It's a byproduct of we don't talk about it. It's ne- it's not a conscious decision. It's never. It was never a conscious. It was just this, these are the changes. These are the parts. This is the form of the song. Let's play it and see what happens. And then that's what happens. It's not. It was never like, "Hey, you know what would be cool?" Or, you know, I think it would be interesting if none of that shit. It was. Those were never conversations. It just. This is just how it is. Me and Scott were never like, "Hey, we're gonna split up the." Like, it, it was. It's never been a conversation that happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Scott is an incredible guitar player. Of so course, you're saying this play. is all natural. Wasn't planned. Yeah, it's just it's like just play. Yeah, I think know? that's happening, Rob. Um, what is? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Bustle in your hedgerow. Uh, bustle in your hedgerow. Let's talk a little bit about that. How does how does that differ? And there's got to be more planning when you're doing Zeppelin, right? You got to be a little. How about more. in bustle? Oh, you didn't do bustle at all. Nope. This Bu- is Tom Hamilton. <laughs> all right, bustle, then let me ask you this: You Scott. have worked with uh, two of my favorite bassists, not just Phil Lesh, mm. Mark Friedman. Ah, Friedman. Well, here we go. Well, we're going to slip oh. into this one now. Oh, Mark Friedman. I love Mark Friedman. How was that touring with him, and why was it so short? Why didn't it last longer? You know, uh, I needed a bass player for the tour, and Mark was living on the east co- on the west coast at the time. And it, you know, it was funny because it was the Slip were one of those bands that man. I mean, everybody loved the Slip, you know. But I, I don't know, like. I don't. I, I'm. I mean, I'm mildly shy when it comes to like other people in the in the scene and stuff. And so I just kind of always assumed those guys hated us. You know, hated like BP and me. You know, and so I go. You know, like they, we were never friendly. You know, um, and I needed a bass player for a tour, and I just was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll put it on Facebook. You know, see whatever. <laughs> and the first person to fucking reach reach out was Mark, and he's wow, like, hey man, awesome. he's like. I don't know I'll do it. I, I, you know, I, I, I love your tunes I, and whatever. I was like, holy right. shit! Mark Freeman even knows who the fuck I am. Oh come <laughs> on! You'd be surprised. Know, you, know? you know, he's 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 pissed in the bathroom in Philly. He got your number, right? I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, the ah, uh, the Kyber Pass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it, 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 he was like, I'd be totally into it, and I was like, all right, cool. Let's let's do the tour, and and we did the tour. But you know, I I'm in fucking Philadelphia. He was at the time he was in San Fran. 
So it's just kind of like, all right, we did the tour, and then he's like, I'm going to go back back east, back west. I was like, all right, man, dude, thanks a lot. That was great. And yeah, that was it. Yeah. Could you collaborate with him again, possibly? Would you ever reach I out to him? I would love to. Oh, dude, I, I love the guy, man. He's, I mean, he, he was a great fucking hang, man. Like, yo, again, I didn't know him at all. So we just got in a van for fucking six weeks, you know, and, and just went. And it was amazing, man. He's funny as shit. And, you know, obviously an incredible player. And, incre- you know, he has incredible ears and... You know, great improviser. I mean, yeah, we, it was super fun, man. I, I really, really loved playing with that dude. He was really There's an elephant in the room. I really liked your work in Genesis, too. That was great. Rob, I'm sorry? Your work in Genesis as well. You were in Genesis, right? No? Rob, this there's guy. an elephant in the room. You're the elephant guy, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, there's an elephant in the room. Make the noise. <laughs> All this fish talk. I, I'm pretty sure that what's going on right behind us, though, is ween. We, we, we are at lock, and I want to remind you here. Trey's folks. not sitting in, or else they'd be going crazy. Right? I don't know. I can't tell, because we're the here. But it seemed like It seemed like it was, and the reason why I say that is because Tommy, all of a sudden, started cringing. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just Dude, kidding. I like fish. Man. I know, but I'm gonna make it. Listen, my job here is to irritate this until people are gonna. He makes stuff know. up. That's yeah, what he does. No, it's fine. No, well, because I don't. You know, like I mean, obviously, it's not like Trey's gonna fucking listen to this podcast. But like, uh, what? You know, are you kidding me? No, he definitely listens. Uh, obviously, he subscribes. I, I'm sure. But you know, I know. But like, I you know, I, I don't want. I, I just would never want anybody to think that I don't. I mean, I do. I like. I like fish. I, I loved them for a couple years. You know, it's just weird, man. How do you, how do you go from writing "Divided Sky" to not? It's evolution. Yeah, you know? It's their own evolution. I know, but it's you. It's you just, come from see. You come from the writing space and the writing head and the lyric side. If you do that, then you can't. It's it's not that you can't appreciate it. You're what you appreciate in music is a little different than what that quality. Quality. What what that product is isn't always based on that. Yes, there is yeah, a divided sky, no. and they have that potential, but. There is it's just it just blows my mind because I can't do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean like I couldn't write that if there was a gun to my head. You right know, on. and and it's just like it's just weird. You know, I don't know. I mean, I guess it makes it sense weird. though it because I mean, weird, you know, I don't like to repeat myself either, and I'm sure I'm sure Trey doesn't as well. But do you, you think know, that people that have stutters, have, you know, have issues with repeaters, repeating themselves? Repeating themselves yeah, yeah, they make the same record over and over. Do and over. they? Yeah. Is that? Is, I mean, let's do a study on this. Yeah, I don't know who 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 keeps making the same record over and over and over. We could see uh, some people right. say Pearl Jam, but I disagree. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to talk shit on a recording right no, now. I love, I love Pearl. I can, oh, wait, wait, recording? What are you recording? Plenty of people that make the same record over and over and over. That big um, black long thing right there that's in front of you is not a microphone. <laughs> You're really going to lob that up there, aren't you? <laughs> so do whatever yeah. you wish with it. Yeah. So so there is a guitar here. Yes, we would. We would very much. And, and, and here's my last question about American Babies. Is it true after the whole J Rad experience? Here, I'm going to get in like radio voice here. <clears throat> is it true after American Baby, after the uh, J Rad and all the success, that American Babies is now forming to record a new album and it's going to be Grateful Dead covers and it's going to be called American Beauties? Is this true? That's for. I mean, I'm sure my manager would probably think that's a great idea. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good marketing. Seth gets very it. excited when one word sounds like the other, and he yeah. gets fooled into thinking that that's <laughs> comedically based. But speaking of comedy, <laughs> who are some of your favorites? Like, do you like Greg Fitzsimmons, Nick DiPaolo, Jim Florentine? Well, yeah. Oh fuck. Uh, so I grew up. My dad was way into comedy. Um, so I grew up watching like the the Rodney Dangerfield. 
um, showcases. Yeah, which was on HBO, right? Or it was. It? Uh, I remember growing up. But watching it was, that you know, I, I mean, remember. and this is we're talking a young oh, yeah. Roseanne oh, 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 Barr, oh, a young Jerry Seinfeld, Paula Poundstone, uh, Paula Poundstone, Elaine Boozler. Yes, um, all of them. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, but yeah, you know, some of it was, you know, I mean, even as a kid, I realized some of this is shit, and some of it's some of it's pretty good. Um, and then I guess moving forward, I mean, you know, Chappelle, I loved Chappelle, I loved rock stuff. Um, Patton Oswalt? I, I like, I like a, a, I'd say half of Patton stuff I really like, and half of it I'm just kind of like... David uh, Cross? You know. Yeah, I, you know, I think Cross is a, a real smart guy. Um, I, I think Louis is the absolute top. Sure. Yeah. He is the Coltrane For, of I mean, comedy yeah, today. Yeah, I, I don't think... Coltrane of comedy. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I, I like don't think any, he's, anybody. He's breaking new ground. Comes but close. He's, but he's. All, what I also like about him is that he's become. Oh, Bill a, Burr. An institution. Oh yes, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Man. He's a guy who deserves a success as well. Oh, absolutely. Talk about a fucking blue collar dude, man. Yeah. Boston guy. Yeah, Boston guy that broke because of Philly. That's well, Cleveland too. Remember he did the rant on Cleveland? No. Yeah, you can look it up, buddy. <laughs> he was in Cleveland. Uh, did, same thing. Didn't like. Yeah, and went off on. Yeah. Dude, that rant he He's did fearless. in Philly was unfucking believable. I yeah. hope Donovan McNabb breaks both of his fucking ankles. Oh, unbelievable, <laughs> dude. He, yeah, no, I, I fucking love Bill Burr. I think he's a, he's a brilliant dude. And uh, yeah, uh, fuck, who else, man? I'm a political centrist, so I like to listen to Greg Fitzsimmons and then Nick DePaul and then Greg Fitzsimmons could left and right and left and right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know who's funny as fuck, man? Jim Jeffries is funny as hell. The Australian dude. Yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, I've heard he that is. Name. Dude, check him out, man. He, he, I've he's, heard him he's on Adam really Carolla. Good. I'm sorry? I've heard him on the Adam Carolla show. Oh, yeah. No, dude, I mean, he's got great shit, man. Like, he is... He's comedy's going really through a new good. wave, too. It's a, a lot of a new era of comedians coming up. And then you got, like you mentioned, with Louis C.K., you know, he's an institution now, and he's pumping out not comedy in different forms with the TV shows, guys watch shows and et Oh, yes, that was brilliant. And, I mean... That's not, not comedy, man. You know? Exactly. That wasn't all about the the little laugh it was make you think and tie you in and really get into these characters Shakespeare es- especially the the woman the the Jessica Lange character was really oh, there God, was one point so where dark. they juxtapose her with her the guy who was courting her and then with the with the younger couple yeah. and that was a real subtle it, commentary on how things so how fucking smart, gender man. roles have changed yeah. and yeah. everything do you think I we'll mean, see another uh, something like that because he the way he did that I listened to the yeah, I listened to the Marin interview. Yeah, yeah. So it's exactly unbelievable. It yeah. was fantastic. I mean, he's—I mean, dude—he is on—he's on a different level. And the thing is that I really fucking hope is that people don't copy him. Uh huh. You know, they're gonna copy him. Don't copy what? Don't copy the the actual product. Copy the way it was made. There you go. Copy the intention. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I've always said this. You know, my favorite bands are the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Radiohead, and the Grateful Dead. Those are the bands. That's it for me. I don't need anything else in the world. You give me those four bands, and I think that is, that's all anybody needs, ever. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, my music doesn't necessarily sound like any of those things. Well, except but, for when you're playing Electron on Jam Cruise with one of the best yeah, sets I think we've ever seen. And I would, um, I would say the instrumental before the Ladyfinger portion of Stain Steven last night referenced early Pink Floyd, I thought. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm talking about my... The uh, stuff I write. composed yeah. Yeah, okay. Sorry, um, we were going go to go tangent you. Know, and it's, it's because, for me, it's, it's not about copying what they're doing. If you mm-hmm. want to... the approach, you know, If you want to honor these people 
those four bands are were all innovators. They all set, they raised the bar from where it was prior to, to them existing. That's what you should be trying yeah. to do. Not trying to sound like anybody particular, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, and that's why, I, like, I hated the early jam band scene. And I still don't like a lot of it. Because it's a fucking copy of a copy. Yeah, I don't absolutely. want. Does the world doesn't need a band that sounds like Fish? Well, when I was when I was managing you know, there's already in that, fish. that era, that was the big thing. It was like, look, you know, first of all, here's the first two problems with your band. One, your guitarist is making tray face, and two, your guitarist is playing Al Chenier licks. Like, it's okay to be a jam band, but you you can't you, you can't just you can't just take what's there. Like, if you want to be a jam band, contribute, that's good, but contribute. You can't just, you know? you know, it's not a poop factory here, guys. Yeah. It's like it's just you know if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and say that you're writing original music and you are an original band, then you better fucking sound original. Yeah. You know, I, I, other than that, I just you know, and that's also why I don't really listen to I don't listen to a lot of music in general, just because I can you know when I listen to something and if if I can hear something and within fucking four seconds be like oh this sounds just like this. Then I just don't care. I'd rather go listen to that, you know, like mm-hmm. Leon Bridges, right? You guys know yeah, Leon Bridges, yeah, of right? He's great, talented guy. Modern R&B. I'll just go listen to Sam Cooke. I don't need to well, listen so, to. Well, so okay, but that's a mean? good point, though. You have a, yes. you have a resurgence right now of you know the uh, Sharon Jones and, and you Sharon know, Jones. Great, is well, the real just trying deal, to give an example, though. You have there. this resurgence of the '70s, right? The yeah. '70s sound, the horn, you know, Susan and Derek. I mean, this is all original stuff, and they. But also, I don't listen any of this, any of them. Uh huh. You know what I mean? It. Why? Well, you my know? feeling is well. like Avid Brothers or St. Paul and the Broken Bones or um, some of these bands you're mentioning may, might not be for my liking, but they're getting young people to find this music. Well, that's the, the question, though. Traditional. That's the question. Are St. Paul they? and Broken are they? Bones the are getting question. young people. That's the big question. Are they? Are they getting to, n- to, to tell these kids, hey, check this shit out wasn't that Keller was talking this about who is one of our one of our guests it was, Keller. it was Keller he was talking about like if you like what I'm putting out then go find where it came yeah. from yeah. I mean and that Don't. was I think that's the most important thing about the people that actually gave a shit enough to look into it about what the dead spawned and what fish spawned you know I think fish, fish spawned <laughs> that was awesome uh, no but you know I mean like I think fish made a lot of people Go back and check out Zappa. Uh-huh. I think Fish made a lot of people lot of covers and everything. Listen to yeah. fucking bluegrass more ELP. openly. Yep. Yes. Um, you know, and King Crimson. Whether or not Ween would ever like to to admit it or not, I think Fish certainly helped their audience as far as playing Roses for Free. I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, well, who's that?" Or a lot of people thought that. Oh, look, that band's covering Fish. Oh, <laughs> so that's, God, a, that, that's a huge that's thing that happens. Uh, actually, Dean actually recently admitted that. Whereas I think. Years ago, he might not have, but uh-huh. in a recent article, he admitted that. Okay, that the well, free. Well, you know, well, he got, it, they used to get he used to get pissed. But they used to get pissed when they would look out in the audience, and then fish fans were there just waiting to hear the that one, one song. tune. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I mean, but which is understandable for sure. That would be frustrating as fuck, you know. But I don't know. You know, it's just like it's like, dude, there's so much going on, you know. And it's just like if you're gonna do this, man, go all the way, you know, like. But you've been so generous with your time. Yeah, uh, we've got to talk about your upcoming tour. Yeah, you got. Can you first talk about what people can expect with the regular American Baby show? Sure. And then you also have a couple masquerade balls. Yeah, I'm very excited about these. Um, okay, well, I mean, just in general, the babies thing. I mean, the the it's the most fun for me that band. Um, 
not just because uh, I really do enjoy the material that I've written over the last few years for that band, but it's fun because there nobody cares. Like, there's no like. Uh, I don't know. It's just a free for all, man. It's like, hey, you know, we play, yeah, you know, we play all the baby stuff. You know, I we play a lot of my songs for Brothers Past. You know, because they're still my fucking songs. You know, I still love those songs. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's fun being able to play, still be able to play those tunes, and also just you know any kind of covers we feel like doing. You know, like you know doing dead tunes, Dylan tunes, or you know Bowie or whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter. You, Do you know, dig deep, obscure stuff. Sometimes, you know, yeah, for sure. And it's it's just, it's a really good time, you know, and, and the improvising is really great and uh, interesting, you know, uh, or when it's when it's on, it's right. interesting, and when it's not, it's a train wreck, just like any good improvising. High risk, high reward. You know, exactly, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just, it's a fucking great band, man. You know, we have good, we have great songs, and we have great harmonies, and we have great improvising. And, and they're hitting and they're America by storm. You're going to be able to see them in Chicago, Atlanta, yeah. Georgia, <laughs> which is not Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, I know, no, really? What the fuck? Oh, no. Our, no, no, I think we're right, I'm out of here. Thank think, you. Good day. No, I'll be in Atlanta, I think, in, in like. Uh, not in, announced yet. Yeah, that, I think okay, it's not yeah. announced Where yet, do they find the tour dates? Uh, AmericanBabies.net. Or City can, Winery, by the way, would be a great place to do the American Baby show in Atlanta. That'd be great, but what? AmericanBabies.net. Yeah, uh, that's the website. You know, you get Facebook or Why'd you decide dot .net, by the way? Uh, dot com is taken. Really? Yeah. Motherfuckers. Yeah. How much do they want for it? I don't know. This was, you know, uh, 2007. How much do they want now? Yeah. For, I mean, I could They're listening. Breaks my legs. I think Trump supporters got the dot com. Oh. Um, so, and the masquerade balls. And then, okay, so. Um, yeah, tell us, first of all, what is this masquerade balls and what color are they? <laughs> Blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, the the our, the recent record, the Epic Battle record, uh, which came out in March, and yeah, you know, we're still you know touring behind it, um, and it's you know it's an epic battle between light and dark, and the cover of the album uh, is these two characters um, wearing these masquerade masks, which are, are rightfully creepy looking, um, and there's uh, you know there's one character that's in all black wearing one of those plague. Masks oh, yeah, the with nose the long thing. nose, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which I found out. Do you know why those are, are designed like that? Well, apparently they, someone pulled a nose. Or they lie a lot? No? No. Oh. Um, Who knows? No, Who was, knows? They're called plague masks because they're from the Black Plague. Oh, okay. Doctors would wear those masks and fill the nose with potpourri because they were in a place full of rotting corpses. Interesting. You know, the Black Plague Who would rot flesh. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we uh, so we did a show in Rhode Island a, f- uh, a few months back, and one of our fans uh, organized a bunch of our other fans to like wear these masks awesome. at the show, and we're like, "Whoa, that was fucking cool, man!" It was like it was just so weird, like looking out into the crowd and see all these fucking people dressed like this. It was like eyes wide shut. Oh, you thought you're on Jam Cruise? <laughs> yeah, you see, I mean, it was like Jam Cruise, but more of like a Kubrick film. You uh-huh. know, it was really just weird. You know, I just think minus, came up with minus the, theme the people night. openly you. blowing each other in public. You know, <laughs> yeah, that weird piano music. <laughs> ding ding ding. <laughs> yeah, but. uh Anyway, so you know, so we we were trying to think of uh, some interesting shit, and and we really liked that that idea. So when we were putting this tour together, we're like, dude, let's do, let's do one of these things. And I were like, well, wait, fuck it, man. If we're gonna let's let's do one every Saturday of the tour. You know, the tour's smart, four weeks long. Smart. So, uh, you know, what we're going to be doing is asking people to wear white and black, 
and to also you know clothing wise and to wear and to wear a, a masquerade mask. Will mask be available on sale there? Perhaps. If I mean, if you know, if people don't, just saying, if yeah, you need if, the yeah, merchandise, I got a guy. If they don't have them, we will provide. Potpourri too. Uh, bring on sure. potpourri, or you, I'm sorry, you're you gonna provide potpourri? Yes, yes, and rotting courses. Hey, rotting courses. Ah. There you go. Um, Plenty of those in Philly, right? Yeah. So every Saturday on this tour, though. Yeah. And did you guys choose bigger markets on the Saturdays, or that's just a natural kind of thing? Anyways, that's a natural yeah? thing to do. Yeah, for especially a band our size. You know, are you it's doing like we're weekday small, so. events or no? Yeah, I mean the tours are, are you know we're playing. So it's gonna thing. be weird if someone shows up on like a, on the Tuesday night wearing that. Right. Yes, <laughs> because they'll be the only person doing it. Yeah. You know. um, <laughs> I think it'll be allowed in, or they get kicked but out. It's Come also cool because we're gonna do musical masquerades as uh-huh. well for each one. Oh. So do you tell you know, that. all of our shows are two set shows. And for the masquerades, we'll do our first set of whatever it is that we do, and then the second set will be a musical masquerade. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fucking rad. Do you awesome. know those dates, or should we just add them after? Uh, I think it's October October twenty second at the Fox in in Boulder, and um, this is uh, a great room, by the way. Yeah, for sure. And we're gonna do a Radiohead show there, uh, and then we're gonna do the Tonic Room in Chicago, which is a, a Small, sweaty ween bar, actually. The guys that own the place are huge oh. ween fans. They actually had Diener come out and do a show there. Huh. Um, with, with like, the guys that own the bar are in a ween cover band, apparently. Oh, okay. And, uh, and so when these guys weren't touring, they, they had they had Mickey come out and, and play with them at their club, which is funny. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to do we're gonna do one in Chicago on the, on the 29th of October, and that's going to be the Beatles. Uh, and then we're, we're doing one in New York. Uh, on November fourth, uh, and that one I don't want to say what that one is yet because uh, it's it it we're still working out the the kinks of it, but it's gonna be pretty. It's the bigger it's the biggest undertaking of them all uh-huh. musically for us. Um, and then we're doing one at at, uh, at Bob's place in Sweetwater in uh, Mill Valley in California at Sweetwater. Sweetwater, and we'll, we'll we'll probably do the dead and and uh, you know uh, it, hopefully Bob's gonna come out and uh, and do it with us. Throw his sandals on and trek over. He lives yeah. like right next to that. Yeah, or something. I'm pretty sure it's not that far. Yeah. You know, it's definitely kind of like just out back for him. You know, they were doing webcasts from there for a while and they stopped. Yeah, man. I mean, well, and he also has the studio, the TRI place. Well, yeah, where, yeah, don't get Rob start on TRI. TRI. Yeah. Love it. Oh Love yeah, it's it. amazing, it's, right? It's, it's they should crank it back up. It's so yeah. cool, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, I they have this reverb system there that's like something like fucking NASA designed. It's 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 pretty crazy, man. Oh, um, the well, you hear it on the new single. Oh, dude! The new Bob Weir song. Great fucking song, Great man! Song. I'm very excited for him and, and that release. It's it's. Have you listened to it much? There's one song out. Just Only the, a river. I thought just that one tune. It's out already. It's just no, the one song. Just one tune. Do you the listen to it often? Out. You listen to it though? I did. I listened to it probably five Can or six perhaps times. Maybe play to, it. Just to, no, I don't. I don't know it yet. <laughs> he references Shenandoah and it's pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's, he does. Dude, it's it is it's a beautiful, good. beautiful sounding thing, and 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 uh, you know it's. As far as I know, you know, the, the, that's just the tip of the iceberg for that record. It's it, and I'm stoked for him, man. I'm stoked that he's putting out a record of original music that is especially with great. All, all I the stuff going on show. though right now with, with the Grateful Dead music and here Bobby's coming out, you know, all, like all this hype and Grateful Dead, and then Bobby's like, "Plop, yeah, here you guys go." Such a weird move, is it? That's it's just so great, Bobby. you know. Yes, it is. I, I think it's nice that he's able. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's it's kind of like what a lot of us are doing. You know, it's like we 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 are in that dead thing. That dead blanket is wrapped around us all. But yeah. you know, and while everybody's looking at that, 
with the other hand, we're putting out our own music. You know, yeah, Marco so you know, puts out records all the time. I put out records all the time. And, you know, Bob's doing this thing. And, you know, um, you know Warren's always putting out albums. And, you know, like we're all still we're all still saying something, which is the only reason that I that I can do the gig and feel okay about it. You know, I mean, if I if if it came down to I had to stop doing my own music and only do that, I wouldn't do it. Even if it was, hey, do you want to join Dead and Company? I would, uh, you know, but you can't play American Babies music anymore. I'd say no. Yeah. Because, like, you know, what's the fucking point? You know. Um, Speaking of Marco, having Marco and Joe in the band, are you ever tempted to like rip into Becky in the middle of Birdsong or something like that? Oh, those they they do that. You know, I mean, they, there's definitely there's been shows where they've played Becky. Oh. We've all played Becky in the middle of something. I'd like know, to hear that. I, uh, well, let's, let's, I think it was one of the Brooklyn Bowl shows, maybe or something. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, but we that do that shit all the time. Like you know, like those like the th- like me and Scott and Dave just kind of like instinctually there there'll be moments where instinctually we'll all just kind of like be like eh, let those guys go you know and we'll just like just sit back and just let Joe and Marco do what Joe and Marco do let's just stop do you ever just like stop get off stage and let's just like a little duo and then come back on Does I don't we don't we don't get off stage but I mean like I, I mean I definitely I I walk behind my amp get out of the way and let them do what they do yeah. you know yeah we did it last night they had they had a section last night you know? yeah. does it ever feel telepathic improvisation yeah that's when it's good that's the bet. That's the good stuff, you know. And then that's that's why J Rad's J Rad. And does it ever get scary? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> me and I mean, me and Joe, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're we're pretty close, and you know, we 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 get each other pretty well, you know. So I mean, there's times where it, it gets weird, you know. We're like, holy shit, man! Like, you know, like, we'll do something at the same exact time and just like laugh. It's like, wow, what the fuck, you know? I can't believe that that just happened, you know. All right, and, well, your guitar is out. Oh, okay. Hey, what kind of guitar is this? This is a sponsor here at uh, Lockin, I believe, right? Is it a sponsor? Yeah, this is uh, D'Angelico. I actually, uh, I, I have one of these guitars, and I really like them. Um, my girlfriend, actually, um, and bandmate, Raina Mullen from the American Babies, uh, that she plays a D'Angelico on stage. Is anything from Epic Battle? Some anything you could do solo? I could do whatever you guys want, man. I could play. We well, actually my at this point, whatever you're feeling, you should play yeah. because you. you We've brought up a lot of emotion here. <laughs> They're sitting on the couch now, and, you know, please. Casting couch. This is a couch. <laughs> Guys? <laughs> what? Did I get the job? <laughs> uh, what is that black thing hanging in my face? <laughs> take um, your hat off, Tom. <laughs> you want to go a- places, kid? Take <laughs> off your top. Hey, um, Mark Brownstein. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, you me, what do you want me to play? I'll, I'll play something. I would oh. love to hear a song from Epic Battle. Um... That is most conducive to solo. Okay. Um, uh, sure. Let me, uh, think and Seth that. can request a second. Oh, that can. Or do you have? I mean, do you have a request? No, I don't. Okay. I mean, I you know I don't mind not playing myself either. I you would, know, like whatever yeah. you. Um, okay. Um, shit. I wish I had a capo. Um, what off of epic battle can I play? Yeah, no, seriously. Organic yeah. capo. Well, so going with like the maybe there's one in the bag. Thing, right. Um, is there one in there? That would be amazing. Going with the digging deeper thing. Is that like you know? So you you know you write you write some tunes and it's just like ah it's an E and it's a D and there's an A and like whatever you know and then it's like okay well I did that now what you know so like a lot of the stuff on like the on the on the on the, on the, on the battle record 
there's a lot of shit with capos involved because it's like, all right, well, we got to start digging deeper. So it's like alternate tunings, you know, different, uh, you know, d- dealing with different part places on the neck. You know, right. it's like, okay, what happens if we play, if we put the capo here and just start playing shit? What does that sound like? You know, because it does, it completely changes the color and the perspective of what you hear. You well, know what I mean? Playing this, uh, you know, is cool. But it sounds so different when you do it here for some reason. And is it weird, the king of that, finding different ways of playing the same chords and, and uh, getting, eliciting... That's the fun. That's, yeah. that's the fun part of it, is you know, getting to, to, you know, rediscover music. You know, like, you find those moments where, you know, you're most of, for me, man, most of making a record is banging my head against the wall for a significant, I'd say 82% of the time is just frustration and fuck ah i don't want to i that's boring or i've done that or whatever but when you find those little nooks and crannies that you could slide into you're like oh fuck there it is that's the thing that i that really gets me off about this part of playing music of creating a record it's it's uh, oh man i didn't know that that happened if you did that and and you know and you discover shit and yeah and that's what's fun you know that's that's the exciting thing you know constant you, state of learning exactly man the, the minute the minute that you think that you fucking know something that you know everything is you're done just pack it the fuck in man you know like what's the point <laughs> move you know? to florida <laughs> yeah you know get some I'm golf clubs to call asshole. today you know but it you know, if there's that curiosity still there, and 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 that that need to learn something new and to feel something new and to see something new, and you know that that's that's awesome. You know, and again, and that goes back to like I was saying before about you know seeing behind the curtain with the dead guys and seeing that you know they get on stage and it's still exciting. They still yeah. want to find new places to play, and that man. That's awesome, you know, because I know a lot of dudes my age and younger that are just jaded pricks already, you know? It's right. like, dude, are you fucking serious? <laughs> right. These dudes are 70 or higher, and they still want it. Uh, someone's too quick to be jaded. I'm, I'm very quick to think they're weak-minded, to be honest with you. I, you see it even, not even the musicians, you see it around the scene, you know? People yeah. very quick to get full of themselves. I think they're all, you know, I, I just think it's... It, it's they're in it for the wrong reasons, right. you know. It goes back to what I was saying about those young jam bands, you know. Like, and I, you know, I, I I never made money doing this fucking thing. It's not about money. I didn't. If I was poor, which I was my entire fucking life, and I needed money, I would just get a job. I was a pl- <coughs> I was a plumber. I was a plumber <laughs> for up, up until two years ago. I was a fucking plumber because you gave a shit. No, I took a shit. You took a shit. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, and you dude, didn't want I, to stay. When I was a kid, I was a mechanic at a bowling alley. When Brothers Pass was going on, the first five years of Brothers Pass, I was a mechanic at a bowling alley. You're cleaning the blue balls. For, you know, I, exactly. You know, which was actually more I was sitting in an office just like getting stoned and playing guitar, but whatever, you know. But it was a job. You know, I had a job. I was I didn't feel better than that. I I shouldn't have to have a job. I play the guitar. Are you fucking insane? You know? But I would go on the road, and I'd come home, and I would just go to work. That's the way it was, because it wasn't... I, none of this is about money for me. And it shouldn't be about money for anybody. Because you want to have purity of intention if you want to have a pure connection yeah. with your audience. If you're trying to rip somebody else off, 
You're trying to rip them off because they're successful and you, uh, well, if I do what they do, maybe I'll have what they have. Fuck that, man. I don't give a fuck. Right. It doesn't matter. What I want is to be able at the end of the day, dude, when I'm about to check out, to be able to look back at my body of work of whatever it is and to say that I did it because I fucking loved it and I really believed it. It was never it was never about anything other than me giving a piece of myself to the world. Well, that's that universal yeah. uh, universal analogy that you, you if you want to know, you know, forget it. the real happiness, you want to check where you're at in life with happiness, you know, question yourself if I died tonight and I look back today, not at the end of my life, but today, am I happy with the decisions I made? Am I happy with what I've done and what I've become and what where I'm at? Yeah. And if you live in a life that where you're happy, then you, it doesn't matter. It's not about the money. None it's of, about none know, of where it you're matters, at. dude. You know, it's like I'm probably you know I, I do like. Cramp, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody asked me once. You know, they're like, you know, I, I was doing a baby show, and you know, there's probably like 150 people there. You know, small. It's club. a big birthday party. How old is yeah. the kid? <laughs> um, but you know, someone like a fan came up after and was like, you know, hey man, is it like a drag that you know that you're playing a, a room this size and you know, and when no, you I'm... when you also play Red Rocks right. and you know whatever, and it's, it's like, no. no, I'm playing music for a living. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. Either way, like it makes no the audience. It doesn't. That doesn't. That doesn't concern me. You know, it's. The stage is what concerns me. It's me and the other people that are on the stage and what we're doing. If there's a person or a thousand people or, you know, 30,000 people and if they're digging it or hating it, and none of that shit plays into it. I, it doesn't matter to me. I Ideally, they're liking it and they're getting something out of it, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like... The only thing that matters is that stage. And whether that stage is in a club that holds 150 people or it's fucking locking. Eh, or Red Rocks. Speaking locking. of which, I was at your last Red Rocks performance. And, uh, with Joe? With Red Rocks? Uh, yeah, Jerry? and Umphreys oh. is a, you know, they, I love their fan base, but they can be tough. And you went over really well with them, so that's a good sign. Well, you mean, you you know, I mean, I'm sure you could feel it. Fortunately, we have, you know, we have some good material to pull from. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's, uh, you Speaking know. of material, you yeah. got a song? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, 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 know, don't this, be um, sorry. You're being very generous. Yeah, Appreciate so, it. uh, shit. Um, we'll just do one before. Getting the, we're getting that this time, so we'll, we'll oh, just do time? one. Okay. We're going to do one song and we're out of here, Tom. Um, shit, man. Oh, I love that song. Shit, man? Shit, yeah. man. All right, if you're at a loss. a B-side, you know. Have you, do you improvise it all solo? No. Okay. No, never. Um, I'll play you, uh, I'll play a tune. Um, God damn it. All my favorite tunes of mine all have, ca- all involve a capo. Um, how about your least favorite tune? <laughs> uh, all right, let me think about this real quick. Um, okay, I'll play that ballad that I said that I really liked. How's okay. that? That's the only one that I can really play without a capo. Um, <laughs> oh, these have tuners in them. D'Angelico Guitars. Come with a tuner. Sponsor and lock. So cool. Certainly, actually, is one of my favorite things about these guitars. If the fish played the uh, guitar like this, traded, it would be a tuner fish. 
you really when are you going to take this act to the Catskills, man? I've been waiting for the years. The Catskills, that's I my mean, reference point as well. Fucking Jackie Mason over here. You think here. I bring back he... the Catskills? I hear there's great deals there right now. <laughs> We're bringing out the salmon from 1942. <laughs> Frank Sinatra ate the salmon. <laughs> His tooth is still in it. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, all right, we'll play it soon. Uh, I've actually never played this song this way, so this will be f- interesting. Is this cool? I mean, the music's pretty loud out there. Our Robert Kwan, our engineer, good. also Josh staying right. with us. He is Kwan, uh, a seasoned veteran. Standing in the shadows Just you and me against the night I knew just where to find you When you said I gotta get right It's a long, hard road Memories go on for miles It's a long, hard road Desperately hanging on for life On for life So let it go You've been hanging on for so long This pain don't do you no good Cause it shadows over everyone You can't move this mountain along So bring it in Close. Wrap your arms around me and show me where it hurts. Wrap your arms around me and tell me how you really feel. Forget the world around us, just let it go. Move this man. 
could take it if you want It's a crime of the century After the rain comes the sun Something like that. Nice, yeah, hopeful thank ending. Thank you. That was right. great. Thank you, Tom Hamilton. Thank you, John Dennis. Thank you, Robert Kwan. Thank you, Josh Stein. Thank you, Lock and Music Festival. I understand we got to get the hell out of we here. Do, we do. We do. Thank you, Lock and Music Festival. I understand we got to get the hell out we of here. Do, we Glenn, do. Glenn did right. this too. <laughs> thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Too. Oh, thank you. And there we have it. Some nice music to wrap up our little Tom Hamilton interview. That was a nice time. It uh, was. This is Rob Turner here with Seth Weiner, and I want to make it clear that we can't do these interviews without help from our spot-on engineers and from our sponsors. Isn't that true, Seth? It's very true. And speaking of our sponsors, Terrapin Beer, folks. Terrapin Beer. Not only can you get these wonderful new brews that they're about to be releasing for Thanksgiving time, but check this out. Baseball fans, they are going to be the brewery for the new SunTrust Stadium here in Atlanta, Georgia. And not only are they going to be the brewery there, but they're actually going to have a brewery producing beer at the stadium. Yes, a reason to root for the Braves. We we need more of those. And it's actually the only thing that's drawn my drawn positivity out of me on this whole move. You know, yeah, the, I don't know if people around the country understand, but there's a lot of controversy about the Braves moving out of the city and to the suburbs. Yeah, to the perimeter. And I think two years they start up next year, and two years from now the traffic should be fine. But the first two years. It's going to suck. It's, they're moving it away from traffic because of traffic to move it to more traffic for traffic's sake. Moving it away from traffic to traffic. So we got to thank Josh Thane. Josh uh, from Wonder Dog Sound Studios. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you, Robert Kwan. Robert was there with his boom. He wouldn't let me carry his stuff at Lockin. Yeah. He's, he's there sweating yeah, and but, complaining I mean, about carrying all this stuff. And then I'm like, let me just carry. He's afraid you're going to drop it. I mean, you're kind of a klutz. No, I'm not. Oh, my so. God. I was the starting first baseman on my high school, high school baseball team when I was a sophomore. Yeah, and did you make it It wasn't because I was a klutz. It's because I could leap and make great catches and tag the runner. It's because your father paid could, the coach a no, couple hundred bucks. No, then yes. I would have been on the football team, too, and I wasn't. No, he, was like refu- a, you know, he refused to blow the coach of the football team. I didn't go to Penn State, dude. (laughs) Anyways, um, I want to give a shout-out to a podcast. My buddy Larry turned me on to it. It's called Pod Dylan. All you Bob Dylan fans, Pod Dylan, check it out. Each episode is a different song, and they really walk you through uh, the history of the song and maybe, like, interpretations and all that Dylan head. And if if you don't understand what Dylan's saying, they translate it for you. I know. That's been the big thing. Even Colbert went off on Dylan the other night. About how you can't understand what he's saying when the Nobel thing. Yeah, so congratulations, by the way. And, and I, I do want to talk briefly about that. Because this is weird. Well, first off, it's kind of cool that. It is. I mean, someone's like, well, they should just make music a category. I'm like, no, you have to understand, there's only a few musicians at, like Bob Dylan whose music is speaks to every culture out there in the world. Bob Bob Dylan and Bob Marley. I think your name needs to be Bob to be able to speak that that fluently. I put Bob Marley in that league. Yes, exactly. But here's the thing. The people on the committee, Nobel Laureate, are, are, are apparently offended that Dylan hasn't responded. So he hasn't responded. This and is, they're okay. identifying him as arrogant. Well, why and, hasn't he responded? And impolite. I don't know, but isn't, it, isn't the expectation of a response itself arrogant and impolite? If you're going to do something like that, that's great. 
But you don't do it with the expectation of someone having a response that you desire I, I think or that, that you expect. Is isn't it? Is that? Yeah. Am I out of line here? Yeah, you're not out of line. But but at the same time, it's like acknowledgement. It's not even. It's not even. You know what? I'm never giving her a gift again. She didn't say thank you. Seth's mother. And what did they give us? Okay, I'll give them something. But they don't say thank you. They get nothing. But no, I mean, come on. Look, the reality is, people uh, acknowledgement. Hey, man, this is like a big deal. This is, you know, just acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. What the fuck? Acknowledge it. All right. Before we play some Tom Hamilton music to end this show, I want to tell my story about going to the Ryman to see Bob Weir. Well, I want your opinion. Why is he not acknowledging it? You're you're a huge Dylan fan. I'm not sure. You know, he's just a private guy. He's a very private guy, and he doesn't like to be expected to do things and respond that way, you know? Although it is interesting, he went to Desert Trip, and as I predicted, on this show... Yeah, okay, hold on a second. He deviated from his tour and did a rock show, but then, you know, this is how he messes with his fans. So he, he, he the first weekend, deviates and does this show with a bunch of songs he hasn't done, a bunch of the classics and whatever. So everyone's all excited for the next week for him to do it again, and he does the exact same set list. He does. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, he wanted to give everybody uh, the same show, I guess. You know, they paid a lot of money. I guess... He just wanted to work up like twenty rocking songs with that band. Did he sit in with anyone? No. But no. there was there was there was some stuff there. Neil and in. Paul. Yeah, Neil. I think Neil was the highlight of that show. I don't think anybody and Roger with Waters the also, right? Well, I heard Waters was the most pronounced, but Neil and Paul were more most in the spirit of of like doing something unique to the festival. The Stones, who are known for having guests, didn't. Mm-hmm. Have, yeah, right? nobody mm-hmm. sat in with the Stones. I don't right? know. I, I didn't. I you know I. I haven't. I've been so busy. I haven't been able to really pay attention to all of what's going on with that and what went on with it. But it sounded like it was a home run from from. Sounds what like I they left it. a lot of money on the table by not doing a webcast. But whatever. Probably that probably came down to the artists. Although the I artists wonder. were saying, yeah. How about that. So, anyways, I go to the Ryan. Oh wait, you know what? Sure. Why? How much money do they make on the webcast or on the DVD? I mean, that's it's either that, either they're waiting and they're going to put out a DVD, or those artists just know that what they were did at those shows. Is very similar, not not counting Dylan. Dylan just doesn't like his Whoa, stuff out I see there. What you're but the yeah. others, it's like, well, that's the show we're going to be out touring with, mm-hmm. so we don't want people to see it that easily. And then around we want people to come and see us when they come to their town. And around all that, Roger Waters uh, announces this tour for like ten months away. It's that was like that was that's the first summer tour announced, which makes me think: look at those dates, look at festivals. Are we going to see anything missing on that? Is there any any holes in that schedule? Maybe is he booked for Bonnaroo? What's where is he going to be? Coachella? What's going to happen? So I go to the Ryman, and by the way, ran into your friend. Remember your buddy who told you to ask uh, Chris Corretto about the Minkins? Oh yeah, I ran into him, and we were hanging out. He actually, like me, he got a release a day a day before release. So we're both in row J, just to the left, and. He was three or four seats to my right, okay, which was closer to the center, closer to where you'd want to be. So I moved over to sit next to him to hang out with him and watch a show. And um, at one point, we're about three songs in. He comes out and does solo, you know, and the third song is playing solo. And and this, the people next to me, this girl comes over and starts sitting with them, you know, attractive, very attractive girl, probably was extremely attractive 10, 20 years ago kind of girl. A woman, and but she's jabbering away, not too loud, but definitely jabbering away, so it's distracting. But at the same moment, as I'm listening to what she's saying, I'm realizing I'm in her seat. That's by design, ding dong. I'm in her seat, 
So on the one hand, she's jabbering and annoying me, but on the other hand, I don't want to get sent over to... The, there was like weird energy, even just a few seats away, there was weird <laughs> energy on the left. So yeah. I, I wrote it out, man. She ended up leaving. I didn't say a thing. I just wrote it out. So you were the one that shut up. No. Actually, the crowd mostly was pretty quiet. It's the Ryman, for God's sake. I got to go It's a wonderful there. show. I got to go there. Gallop in the run. Gallop in the run. Gallop in the run. <clears throat> wonderful Cassidy. He did Me and Bobby McGee, which is... It, there's, it's not just a great Nashville song because Chris Christopherson wrote it, but there's a Bay Area connection with that yeah. song. Janice covered it, and The Dead covered it after Janice died as a tribute to her. The Dead did it like 30, 40 times in 73, 74. So to get to see Bobby play that and, and that band, Josh Kaufman. It's a good band, huh? Oh, my goodness. But so he's got this great band. He's doing his tour, and then, the and then, he, then he snuck out a little sne- uh, uh, a secret that there's going to be more Dead and Company next year. Of course. I think it's up to Mayor, and I think Mayor's like, he's, Mayor's Everyone, already let it on. We're going to do one or two tours a year, and that's it. Seems like ever, uh, seems like Mayor's really excited about that project, and also it seems like um, a lot of people that were skeptical about it, that saw it, got turned around. So, there's, uh, listen, we want your opinions on this, too. If you got opinions, email us, insideoutwtns at gmail.com. Yeah, seriously, now that we have a lot of listeners, start following us on Twitter. Send us some emails. We'll read them on the air. Anything that's sent to that address can be read, read mm-hmm. on the air. It's inside out WTNS <coughs> on, twiz- t- on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Bless you. <coughs> Excuse I'm me. R S T N E R on Twitter. Seth, what are you on Twitter? Uh, Shimon Presents, Work Exchange Team. Is it oh, too early? actually, you know what it is? It would be uh, uh, Will Work for Music. Is the other one. I have that on the back, on the back of some of my shirts. So, speaking of Will Work for Music, uh, want to hear a funny story? It better be funny. So I, I'm looking on Facebook. Is this Catskills funny? Or no, is this no, really this, funny? this is just uh, humorous. Speaking it's of not... Catskills, Tommy referenced the Catskills. I couldn't believe that in, the, in that interview. Yes, this, this is Something right. I'd referenced with you many times, and Tommy dropped Catskills bomb on your face. Go on. Yes, tell yes. your funny story. Well, it's, it's not a Catskill funny Tell so... your funny story, Seth. So I'm looking at Facebook, and I've seen people talking about Okeechobee Fest, and it's canceled, and blah, blah, blah. Now, mind you, I've got a contract sitting waiting to be... You know, I'm told, like, it's just, they're going to sign it. It's just going to take, you know, new lawyer, blah, blah, Contracts blah. don't mean anything these days. So. Stop. Listen. So, so I'm like, what? what? So I read the article. It's a billboard. And it's like, yeah, you know, the two main uh, partners for SoundSlinger, Steve and um, Paul Peck. Paul used to be with Superfly Bonnaroo. Okay. Um, and these are the guys that started Okeechobee that they're no longer in the company. And Billboard made it sound like the festival wasn't going to happen. So I'm like, what? So I, you know, I emailed my contacts there, and they called me right away. And the show's on. So if you're listening, Okeechobee's happening. There's been some change in the in Sound Slinger itself, but the, it sounds to me like everything is moving forward. It'll be interesting to see what happens because that was a first year festival, a lot of vision behind it. But the sounds I heard good things. People had a great time, and they had Kendrick with a live band, right? Yeah, Kendrick was Lamar a live band. I think so. I wasn't there with so. a live freaking band. That's huge. That's something I'm. Uh, this year, you're you're getting me to a festival where Kendrick is playing, please. Which okay. I think Bonnaroo. Kendrick Lamar with uh, Beyonce. Beyonce. And, and then like Radiohead. There's your Bonnaroo. There's your trio, trio of headliners that should be Bonnaroo. Kendrick Lamar, Beyonce, Radiohead. Then mm-hmm. you'll sell some freaking tickets. There you go. And stop busting people because they'll just go to Oregon or Colorado or California for their festivals. That's right. Stop shooting fish in a barrel. Take the economic benefit and leave people alone, you twits. Come so now, on, come now, on. Now that we're think, getting, now that, 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 now
Yeah, you are going to get crazy. Jones. Hey, speaking of bu- places that people got busted, uh, which has slowed down, Spirit of the Swanee, Swanee Huluween. I'm going to miss it this year. My my company's there. We're running volunteers, but I'm going to be missing it this weekend. Or I'm next going to weekend. Boston. No, it's this weekend. Wow. I'm all into the World Series. I'm going to be. I'm going to see Mike. Go ahead, do it. I'm going to see Mike, Seth. Oh my, oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, we're going to watch game a bunch of Bruins and World Series. You're listening to Sports Radio with Robert Turner. It's the Cubs and the Indians, man. I'm psyched. I'm about as psyched as I could be with the Red Sox. Even if you're not a series. baseball fan, it's this is listen. Although, the best part remember, of ba- it's already yeah, the best part of baseball. It's already over. But it's fine. Hearing this. The best part of baseball <laughs> is the World Series, hands down. And when you have two teams like this, as good as in the history, this is this is where it doesn't get better than this. The yeah, only to thing totally close serious, to this was the Red Sox when they first went. To be totally won. serious, I follow even the, the Red Sox. Yeah, Braves, but you're Cubs. a fucking sports nerd. Just let me let me say my point. I follow them very casually during the regular season. It's the postseason. That's when baseball, all the sports are better in the postseason, but baseball blossoms like a flower. It's like all year's like a bud that you can kind of see the color, and every once in a while the color shows. Then you get to the postseason, and that baseball flower just. (laughs) Yes. So, on that note, folks, we want to leave you with a couple tunes. Tommy Tunes. Happy Halloween, everybody. A couple non Halloween tunes for you. Don't dress um, as a clown, it's not funny. Don't right. dress as a clown. Man, I always try it's to end the show funny. and you bring up something like this. What Don't the, dress like a clown. Is this, is this is it like coming one. back? Is it coming back? Is there act a new like it? One. Is there a new it? Is there a new it? You can act like one. Is Don't dress it? like one. Is there a new it? Is there a new it? What do you mean? Which it? What's the old it? It's Stephen fucking King, asshole. You oh, call yourself it. a Bostonian. What the fuck? Come on. Listen. I the clowns are fine. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Long time ago. What's the big deal? What's the deal with the clowns? Send them in. <laughs> send them in I'll take them on alright send in the clowns isn't eh. it rich no one wants Aren't to hear you sing that pair? Rob let's uh, roll the tape you with your matzo bread it's a matzo bry what's up matzo bry so uh, with, let's me get me with it. cassettes in ah. my lair oh, Rob you're hurting my go ears go ahead end the show thank you and by the way if you're still listening email us at WTNS at gmail.com. It's cool. More and more people, though, I'm hearing. People listen particularly on planes, while driving. Trains and automobiles. No, no. It's a... it's a. People listen while, on planes a lot, though, which really kind of threw me. So we're getting a lot of travelers, so we're going to start going for sponsors that are airlines and travel-oriented. Well, yeah. Because we have a lot of travelers. People who are kind of more homebodies, those are the ones who complain about, it's too long. People who travel are like, thank you. I wish it was longer. Well... Here you go for you folks. Enjoy the rest of Tom Hamilton's music. And thanks for listening. We'll hear you and listen to you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, John Dindis. Let's go burn one by the river So hard to just be young Let's crush a pack of menthols by the bullet Red the gun Ah, shush, I'm just having fun Ah, shush, I'm just having fun
Why can't I have some?